hit the button. He hit the button. Welcome back to PDA, everybody. <laughs> okay, there we <laughs> go. <laughs> it's going to go into DJing. We don't know if that's a good idea. Uh, no, I will not, actually. I hate um, can't do it. I DJed for a wedding once. <laughs> oh okay. And Did what happened really? was Did when really we... Had- he, he didn't do not at your wedding. No, no. not not his wedding. <laughs> I was I, like, did uh, I miss that? No, no. way. <laughs> I uh when I was announcing the bride and groom, like as they were doing the walk-ins and stuff, I uh said the maiden name instead of the married name. <laughs> what what a winner. So in in my defense that was the end though. Of your DJing yeah, <laughs> no, I swore it off after that. But in my defense though, I did look at the maiden name before like we had just done speeches and I saw like her dad had a speech and I looked up and that was the last, you know, last name that was in my head. It was a good funny. Like they, they thought it was hilarious. <laughs> that kind they, of stuff happens all the time. dude. I was, I was it throwing really it. No, it doesn't. I, it uh, does. I've been to like eight weddings in the last like two years. That well, I guess in happened. fairness at Steph's wedding, they kept saying price. Yeah, it, it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay though. Yeah, that's what, yeah. It, that stuff happens, but well, we're all here, which is a good thing, and uh, we're we're excited about all the sports that are going on right now. There is a crazy ton, so we're gonna try to get through some of this uh, sports world talk before we get into our wide our wide receiver slash receiving weapons um, NFL talk. So I guess we nowhere better to start than the women's World Cup right now. I think. At yeah. this point, because um, there's there's a lot of things going on right now, and um, when it comes to how the USA <laughs> has been looking, not so good, shaky, underwhelming, <laughs> man. I like the USA hat today, though. <laughs> <laughs> good support, good support. Um, but, dude, this is a team that, and I know hype can do things to teams and people and sometimes performing under pressure makes things a lot more difficult, but we can't even find the back of the net. Like we, we were supposed to be, we have, I think Smith was supposed to be up for like getting, you know, potentially the golden boot going into it. And there was just all this talk and hype about, Hey, they're going to three Pete. I don't see any fire for any of that. So I don't know where, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess they're uh, they're lucky to make it past the you know the group stage. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> 16, lucky right? is an understatement because they <laughs> they don't deserve to have made it past the group stage with how, with how they looked. Like Portugal, they're a debutante in the tournament, and they like a nil nil game. Yeah, for the USA in a, in a group stage game that they were supposed to win. And I mean, teams were putting five at the back against the U.S. because of how good our strikers are supposed to be. So, like, space and trying to create runs and whatnot was tough. I know Vietnam did it before the U.S. was able to break through, and Portugal did it in just five at the front and then five forward. That's basically all they were doing. Portugal even almost ended up scoring, ended up hitting the post and stuff like that. But, you know, they've been defending really well in terms of the teams defending against the United States. Um, They've had a good plan of attack, and the U.S. just looks like it looks like they're playing like it should be easier for them and it just hasn't been. And I think one, it just maybe is like they just aren't prepared or aren't coming in prepared or thinking like, Oh, we'll be able to, you know, just run through everybody. But I think it's also just speaks to the level of play that is around the world now for women's soccer. Like we're seeing a lot of 
Do you, um, do you think it's that, or do you think it really is that this group, and coming into this World Cup, the starting lineup that um, the coach for USA put together had never played together. Mm-hmm. So so they, they had done all these other things in, in preparation, and then it's like, hey, let's change it up. In game one against Vietnam, well, not Vietnam. I think yeah. I, it was game two then. It would have been game two against the Netherlands. They used one substitution. You know, like, what are you, what, what are you, you got apparently the best team in the world going in. Mm. Your bench should be pretty stocked because it's a, it's a group that's experienced. It's a group that's got, you know, obviously a great pedigree to make the team is in, insane. So what are we, you know, is it the coaching right now? Is it like, what is well, it? Because they're not they're They haven't been able to get through anywhere and every other, like there's, I'm going to count to see well, how many teams so, have more goals in the well, U.S. Right this is all I'm going to say about this. The USA, they're not playing bad. The only thing is they can't hit the net, the back mm-hmm. of the net, right? Because if you actually look at all the stats, they have more shots on goal than any other team that they've played. It, in in their defense, they're also playing good defense because, you know, they, they draw two times in a row, right? They've so allowed the one goal. The one goal, the whole tournament, right? Yeah. So, yes, they're not scoring, but... You know they're getting they're getting shots on goal, and if they can get those to actually go in, then I feel like the U, what the U.S. is going to get on a roll, right? Mm-hmm. And and it can just you know go from round of sixteen and possibly to the finale, right? Yeah. So I mean they haven't lost yet, which is also a nice thing. But you're playing you're playing Vietnam, which you only could get three goals into the net against Vietnam. I don't care how many te- people they or how many defenders they have. It's like the Netherlands. <laughs> That's like, like twenty-one se- points in football. The right? Netherlands scored seven <laughs> goals against Vietnam. It doesn't, like, are we it, that it, much it, worse it, than it, putting a game plan together than the Netherlands? I mean, that's it, that. That's my it, question. It, if you look at it, it still will be a draw because if they both got a win over Vietnam and then they they both tied in a game against each other, right? It, it, it doesn't matter who scored how many goals on on who. Obviously, it does matter. You know, in the when you have to go on how many goals scored for who's the top place, right, Um, in in that bracket or whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, a win's a win, a loss is a loss, a draw is a draw, right? Um, And if the U.S. can just hit the back of the net, that's all I'm saying because they're getting the shots on goal that they need. They just need to get in the net. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it will come down to... get more pace behind their shots, too, because a lot of these shots that they're getting, like, aren't quality shots Mm -hmm. on the net either, which, you know, it's it's one thing to deflect, uh, like, kind of a pass to the net and just a little roller in, something that's just, like, rolling on the ground, a a ground worm in baseball terms. Worm burner. Worm burner, thank you. Um, That's just rolling to the goalkeeper, um, something that's straight in the goalkeeper's belly as opposed to, like, being in a corner. So there's just, like... Quality of shots haven't been great either. Yeah, for this USA and team and then finding an opportunity to to shoot these quality shots, yeah, I think is is also like been a challenge. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily like whistle needs to be blown. I definitely think it's a wake up call, especially now that they're playing the number three team in the world with Sweden coming up on Sunday. We're recording this on Thursday, um, Thursday the third. Um, so coming up on Sunday playing sweden like that's going to be like that could be a world cup final game and we're playing that in the round of 16 i mean the the bracket is 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 now like already like completely filled um so just kind of walking through that switzerland spain um in my eyes both of those teams in group play have looked 
better than the U.S. Netherlands, South Africa. South Africa is the 54th ranked team in the world. Might be the biggest surprise to make this round of 16. Um, they they won their first game uh, last. Uh, it was their last game. They were playing against um, Italy, I believe. And, and South Africa was able to win, um, which, I mean, big shout out for them. Uh, Nigeria making the knockout stage as well. First ever World Cup. Um, that... You know, South Africa was able to make 54th in the world, making a round of 16. That's the the highest ranked team, or the lowest ranked seed, or whatever you want to look at it, mm-hmm. to make like the round of 16. Um, so that was pretty awesome for them. Uh, Japan and Norway. Japan has looked incredible. They stomped Spain <laughs> um, when they played against each other. I want to say it was like five or six zero in that game. Um, so Japan means business. They play Norway. Unfortunately, we play likely Japan in the second round if we get by Sweden, which is a tough enough task. And Japan has looked really, really good. good. Yeah. So um, the path to the final is it's not easy be... at all for us. And e- even if we were looking as good as we were supposed to. So I'll let you continue that in a second. But um, I just want to put out here... Um, the number two team in the world coming into this tournament was Germany, and they got knocked out in the group stage. Yeah. So it could be worse. It, it could be worse. And Italy got knocked out too, I believe, um, you know, by an African side that had was like the lowest seed and everything with South Africa. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, there are things that can, um, you know, definitely put things into perspective. But I think just with how much hype there was around it, and, again, I know that hype can kind of be the kryptonite for a lot of individuals or teams or whatever but at the same time like you're usa you should at least look competitive yeah and regardless of if there's been like a real like i I guess more uh parity kind of within within the sport and and how a lot of teams are becoming stronger internationally than in the past it, it, it's still like you're supposed to be kind of the cream of the crop you're supposed Mm -hmm. to be some of the best in the world period and it's it's frustrating that it's um, you know not working out that way. I kind of know how it feels now when you are going into a men's World Cup, and if you're like a Brazil fan or a, yep. you know an Italy fan or a France fan and or an England fan, and then you you don't look great. Yeah. Because um, I know there's a lot of times that when a big team gets upset and out of the group play, we get excited about it. Well. <laughs> We're the team that's a big team right now. That's, yeah, that's just kind of faltering a little bit. Haven't looked our best. Right. Um, so the bottom half of that bracket, England, Nigeria, England uh, has looked great. Nigeria is the first time, um, you know, I think making these knockout stages as well, and, and that's exciting for them. Um, Colombia, Jamaica. Colombia's got the best young player in the tournament. Yeah. She's having a huge coming out party. This is like her third world tournament in the span of like a year or something and like she that. She had like a final goal. Um, uh, who was it? Like, was it against... I don't, I don't remember. There, there was, like, some real drama that Columbia had. They've they've had, like, some final few-minute goal to, 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 to go on. It was kind of like South Africa beating Italy. They got a goal in, like, extra time to, to really knock, punch their ticket to the... I think it was, it was against Germany. Yep. Because um, Alexandra Pop hit a penalty, and then Manuel Venegas uh, scored in the seventh minute of extra time to put them 2-1 over Germany. I mean, that's almost been a storyline of this... World Cup 2 has been just like 
drama at the end of games, which has been really cool to see. Germany had 68% of the possession in that game, too. Yeah, that's, that's Only got two, sh- two shots on goal versus the four for Colombia. Um, Australia plays Denmark. Um, so, obviously, the home, home crowd Australians, uh, the Aussies are going to be out there. Um, and uh, then France will play Morocco as well. So, um, New Zealand almost snuck into the round of 16, too. They just they lost did. on... They uh, just lost on goal differential because yeah. Norway went... 6-1 against the... Or <laughs> ended up having yeah. six goals for us versus the I think the Norway finally Zealand. got their striker back for that last game, which yeah. she was 100% before, so she really wasn't playing either. Um, yeah. So they're gonna they're kind of coming into form a little bit. But, yeah, lots of uh, excitement in the World Cup world, and, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to kind of see what happens. And hopefully the USA, you know, ends up doing better. I know, Jake, and you had a question about something with the women's world cup that you're, you're like i got a question for you yeah it was just about the americans yeah, like just, just like what what your thoughts were because like for me i feel like kind of like what steph said like yeah we've been struggling but we just need to i feel like we just need to see the ball go in the back of the net because we've been defending well i just think that there there's more to be desired on the offensive side and like it's tough because i felt like our group was a lot tougher than maybe what people were expecting I still felt like we should have won two of the games. I thought Vietnam and Portugal for sure should have been wins, and I thought the draw against the Netherlands. Significant wins, yeah. too. Like, like it, Portugal 3-0. They, they should have been all wins, straight wins, just mm-hmm. because they had more shots on goal. I just I think yeah. the Netherlands draw made sense just because that was the 2019 final, so having something um, to that nature, like I think, was to be expected. I just thought that with the, the way we've played against specifically Portugal, I just was kind of taken aback. Like, okay, is this, like, not to panic yet. It's just more, I know, like, the American media, too, has been just well, kind of tearing they, they, into the, them. The problem is, like, there, there's not a lot of time to either panic or not panic anyway because you got one game now that it's either make or break. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what's tough for sure about this tournament and what makes it one of the most exciting tournaments in the world is, you really can't have too many bad days. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the USA has been able to get away with a couple bad games. So coaching staff, like players, like they need to figure it out f- for this, this weekend, because yep. if they don't at the end of the day, they're going home and they don't deserve to go on. And I think they would even, you know, say that they don't, but I think what's been a struggle for me is trying to process. Is it because the coach is not subbing like great players? Is it because, they're not giving other players a chance to come in in the second half of games. And it's almost frustrating where I like Alexi Lalas is one of the guys that commentates on, on the, uh, the, the world cup mm-hmm. the commentary group. And, and he's been saying like, it's almost, it, it's a struggle to think that the best 11 that you can have out there for an entirety of a game is better than anybody that can come off of your bed bench in the last 10, 15 minutes to add a spark new energy just anything like that it's it's he was saying it's troubling to him to be thinking like you're looking down your bench and you have no options that can go in that doesn't make sense if you're like the u.s so is it like is it are they waiting until the group six uh, you know the round of 16 now knockout stages to like kind of show their hand and they're able to make it through group stage i hope that's what it's been but it's it's just frustrating because i feel like we should have had a lot more opportunities to bring some of our young kid young guy young gals in yeah, yeah, I, I understand that. Um, but at the end of the day, they're also going to look at how their defense has been playing, right? So through these games, they haven't allowed a goal, right? Or however many goals they have allowed. But they've been playing great defense. It's just 
they need to work on their offense, right? They mm-hmm. just need to see it go in the back of the net. Yeah. And, and, and going back to what Jacob was saying and what I said earlier, it's just once they see the ball in the net, then I think everything is going to start clicking and flowing again um, because they're getting the shots on goal that they need. It just needs to go in. Yeah. And I just, I, I look at years past and it's felt at times like easy for them to be able to make runs and to be able to go through and just like they were, you know, the gold standard and the power in the world. And now it's like, I feel like the world is kind of catching up in a sense. And like, there's a lot of good talent throughout the world, whereas it was typically like a few teams like maybe Sweden or Germany or um, the Netherlands or different things where, you know, it was more we had to wait until the later rounds to see those teams. So I just I think it's interesting now that there's like really I don't you know, our road is already tough for playing Sweden. Then we probably have to go play Japan, who looks really good, like you've kind of said. But now it's going to be interesting to just kind of see what the rest of the world does. And if the U.S. gets knocked knocked out, then it's like it's anybody's tournament, too. And I think that's going to be. Yeah, I almost already feel like it's I feel like the U.S. has an uphill battle, I think, because of. And again, I also am able to like watch uh, on on YouTube TV Mm -hmm. that you you actually can like watch replays based on just like big like uh, moments or watch through moments. So. It, like they haven't they haven't looked like a top eight team like so to make it out of this round for me would make me think okay they're actually doing better than like coming into this knockout stage mm-hmm. that i you know i think maybe a lot of americans think now so hopefully hopefully usa you guys you guys can find some you know resurgence here as we get into the knockout stages and and next time we're we're on here we're talking about what kind of quality you guys have and how great you're looking yeah the craziest thing about it Going just sorry, just last yep. thing. Craziest yep. thing about it is that the past like three games, they've had the ball the least out of either teams, right? Mm-hmm. But they have the most shots on goal in every game. Yeah. So like they're there. It mm-hmm. just needs to go in. Yeah. And yeah. it needs to be quality too. I think and it's both they're there and I think the it's struggle just, is their their midfield not being able to give them possession in these games because at the end yeah. of the day, you're, if you're on your back, if you're on your back, you know, heel the whole game, it's so hard to press. And yeah. when, when you are pressing like the US has been and being able to get shots up, like you're it's harder to get quality ones because you're not having the possession to find the quality ones. So that's an interesting stat too that you, mm. you just plugged there. Yeah. Nice one, Steph. Yeah. I like it, man. <laughs> yeah. um, trade deadline? Dude, trade deadline was crazy. Twins did I'm, nothing, though. Neither did the Red Sox. No, the Red Sox uh, traded I mean, for Luis Arias. Not like, but they needed pitching arms. Come yeah. on. Like, we all know that. And and the, uh, yes, you can smile. You know who's ballpaying got better? <laughs> the Dodgers. <laughs> I don't, yeah, okay, let's start Let's start I've with got, the Dodgers. Uh, um, do you have a list, too? I'm, I'm looking at here. the list you sent. So they got back Joe uh, Joe, Joe Kelly, Kelly, and yep. you got Lance Lynn. I don't know how to feel about Lance Lynn, but I also think it's because of the way that the White Sox were using him. Yeah, I mean, it, it also depends on what uh, situation you're put in, right? So, yeah. so what team you're on, what coaching staff that you have, everyone's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to be put in the right system, right? So yeah. 
We'll see what happens. Um, I'm just really happy about Joe Kelly because I, lo- I-, I like them when his first stint um, yep. with the Dodgers after he left the Red Sox and then he came back and I'm just like, yes, this is what I wanted. This is what I needed. And this is going to be really good, especially um, cutting it close to playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Because he's a good arm to have in the playoffs. Um, and then you have Kershaw and Kershaw has been dealing with some injuries here and there, but you know, hopefully he's back and you know, at hundred percent by the time we hit the playoffs, but we just need our ball pen to just get deep. Yeah, right. Because that's how we're going to really win games. We have it. You know, our, our offense is great. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're going to get they're going to hit home runs. They're going to hit you know, yep. land on base and stuff like that. But I'm not really worried about that. It's more of the ball pen, right? Well, I mean, I met Rosario, right? Yeah, Rosario is he, another. He's, he's another guy. From, yeah, you know, as a shortstop, you know, he can come in and you know get a few knocks in the outfield or mm-hmm. whatever for you. So I think that's probably like a, a decent get. Rosario got been, out of the Syndergaard contract yeah. a little bit with that too rosario has um, been a pretty decent piece for the indians for, or sorry guardians. the guardians yep, yep my bad no we're good um <laughs> for the guardians for a while so i think um with that that was a good pickup too it kind of just bolsters your uh your offense there plus he can play really anywhere on the infield uh you can put him at second you can put him at third i think and he would be solid so well and originally when when Back to like Red Sox when they got rid of Hernandez, I thought that they were getting rid of him because they wanted to clear up space so they could bring in more because they really got rid of like a pretty good salary with that. They yeah. did bring in some like prospect pitching yep. for that, which is good. But um, it was just interesting. There's just not many moves. I mean, I think the biggest storylines for sure are probably like the Mets and the Rangers in general and the Astros, like those three. Yeah. But like the Mets... What is going on? It's like a so, dumpster fire. So let's <laughs> let's put it. I want to. I want to. We're gonna be at the start of the year. <laughs> they so say, here, here's my thing with that. Um, I had sent this to our group chat yesterday, but Max Scherzer was talking with the Athletic, and he got very candid in his first couple of interviews since joining the Rangers. And um, this is from an article in the Athletic. Um, he talked to Billy, which I'm assuming is the uh, the general the manager at the Mets Mets. and he said I talked to Billy I was like okay are we reloading for 2024 he goes no we're not basically our vision now is for 25 26 25 at the earliest more like 26 we're going to make trades around that sure Scherzer was then like I was like so the team is not going to pursue free agents this offseason or assemble a team that can compete for a world series next year he said no, we're not going to be signing the upper echelon guys. We're going to be on the smaller deals within free agency 24 uh, is now looking f- to be more of a transitory year. So they are not not to say that they're tanking, not to say that they aren't going to be competitive. They're just shifting their focus from Dude, if I'm Peter Alonso, get me out of New York. Uh, because who wants to play for a franchise that's not trying to win one? Two, if you're a fan of the New York Mets, which I'm, you know, thank God none of us are. But at the end of the day, how pissed are you? Would are, would you go to a game if you're like, hey, we're we're, we're this is a ch- we have a chance to win it this year? No, we don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, even the GM in the office is saying, like, if that's something that the GM and um, the whole like the staff is is truly believing and thinking, you don't tell your athlete that. Yeah. Like but, what? But let's also be honest though. Would you rather have them lie and say, "Yeah, we're going to be competitive," then make all these trades, or would you rather find out, "All right, yeah, no, this is what our plan is," and then basically, "Oh yeah." Um, I know there's a there's there's a long term plan, but every year in professional sports, if you're not trying to win, what are you doing? I know that you can say, yeah. "Hey, we're going to have a better chance." Twenty six. We're mm-hmm. going to still try to win this year. Yeah. Like we're going to like 
we, we, if things, you know, end up working out with our prospects and, and, and everything that are coming through our minor league system and all of a sudden we're in it. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to go for it. Like you don't need to put it in the, the content. And maybe that mm. wasn't the exact words that were said, but that GM and the New York Mets organization should, should have been on top of that comment right away then to, to like put out that fire because yeah. at this point it's been out there. It's been out and there for 24 how frustrating hours If you're a New York Mets fan and they're die, you know, every diehard fan is a diehard fan, but like the you know, New York Mets mania or, and everything mm -hmm. like I'd be pissed if that's what I heard about my franchise. Well, let's, let's take a look back at the past few years with the Mets. He is right? so giddy over there. Steph is so excited. <laughs> so you do realize, Hey, you do realize like the New York and Dodgers rivalry left once Brooklyn went to LA, right? <laughs> no, I get that. All I'm saying is that they, they've had good players the past few years and they've really made, good players. They, they've made a lot of moves in like the past and four or five years and a spent lot a lot of money. money. Right. And they realized that they, they can't win. Yeah. They, they haven't been able to win. I don't think they even made the postseason in the last five years. They made it last year. No, last year. That was yep. like the first time in like what forever. But then I think they got swept by the Padres. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, so like, giddy. like the, the GM was, you know, he's not wrong. Like he's probably looking at the season right now and it's just like, yeah, our season's trash. <laughs> so this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to say. Um, they had a little bit of like a, a run, didn't they, to kind of make things interesting a little bit like right after the All-Star break? Weren't they kind of like winning a few? And then that's when everybody was like, are we trying to go for this year? Or I think not? that was the Cardinals, if I'm being honest. I think that was the Cardinals. Cardinals, Cardinals yeah, Cubs sure. both made runs that are well, making Cubs things. Are still Cubs like are making things interesting. Things, but yeah. Keegan is not a believer in the Cubs. We, we went back and forth on this. <laughs> he's a Cardinals fan, isn't he? So he would, right? He's a Rangers fan and a Cardinals fan. Well, he's not going to pick a team. He's going to hate the Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him to pick a team. He's going to hate the Cubs if he's a Cardinals fan. He's just well, he was saying everybody anyway. else in the Central sucks. I'm like, look where your team's at. Like, get over yourself. <laughs> Shout out Keegan. You just traded away your starting <laughs> pitcher, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, you can even date this back with Keegan. We've been talking about the Mets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyways. Um, oh, they did do something interesting, though, with the way they made the trades. Um, they they were paying for salaries like Verlander and Scherzer, but what that actually did was it got them better prospects. Dude, yes. they got they like, got, they got so, younger so, brother. So when they said, they're, 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 when the GM said they're looking for the future, mm -hmm. right, 25, 26, yep. or whatever, yeah. this is what they're talking about. Yes. They have the money, they have the people, and they have the people that are actually really good that they can just yeah. you right. know, allocate for that. Because the, these guys that they got, like it was the Astros' fourth and sixth best prospects. They got a top third from the Brewers, they got um, they got Louis, uh, Louis Angel, the third, Acuna, the third from best the from the or, Rangers, from the Rangers. Yeah, so like they got a lot of good um, prospects, got a very good haul. If I'm the Mets, I'm happy with that because your farm system was trash. Like looking at it, I saw something um, online about the ten worst MLB farm systems. Number one, the Astros. Because of, I think it's because of the Verlander trade, but they lost their four and six. This is like current, like current after the trade deadline. So today is August third. August third. So this was this was put out like yesterday. Okay. So August second. Cool. So from like August second, basically from the trade deadline, which was August first technically. Yes. But anyways, yep. I saw it the second. Uh, number two is the Angels. Number three, feel I honestly feel really bad for this team. But it's the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. 
They don't spend money on their minor leaguers, huh, too? No. <laughs> number four. Just bad. <laughs> number four Jeez. is the Marlins. Well, they won the World Series a few, like, you know. Yeah, in a decade 25, ago. So they, they, 2014. They hit it this century. They're going to wait until 15. the 3,000. Their, their GM is going to come out and say, hey, we're planning for 3,000. Hey, 3,001. They're, they're, they're one time. <laughs> this is their one shining moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number five is the Braves, which actually kind of surprised me. But I think because of how many trades they've been making and whatnot to just get guys like Matt Olson and they're so um, deep and they're pretty they're like yeah. group that's up in the majors right now is a, is a pretty young it's, like everybody's it's, hitting it's, over the major league average for OPS, and it's a young which is group ridiculous. Too. I think they had they in the world the the World Series like a few years ago. Two well, they, years ago, but they're even better than what they were that but year. But now they've they've actually they had a streak of home runs going. It was like it's like the last 25 games they've had a home yeah. run on their team it's ridiculous it, or something it's it, it's actually something that i think is being like they, watched they hit six against the brewers in one game Jeez, or something like that like it was like a solo shot solo shot i was mad we stayed <laughs> in the game which i'll talk about the brewers later we stayed in the uh, game their homer streak ended at 28 that's ridiculous. If you believe jinxes are real, then we're sorry. We talked yesterday morning about how Atlanta's Saturday home run <laughs> extended their streak of games with home runs to 28, second longest in Major League history. So Sports Illustrated was apologizing. Of course. Um, then the rest of the list here, so six is the Yankees, seven the Mariners, eight the Athletics. Doesn't get any better for that franchise either. Uh, nine is the Blue Jays, ten is the Reds. Which you think about the Reds and the fact that they're leading the NL Central with basically their farm system up. So, yeah, so that makes sense. They've depleted it mm-hmm. and they're going to have to just go back to the. I was just happy office. to see that the Brewers weren't on that list. Um, all right. So, do you want uh, World Series? Don't gamble. This is not gambling anything. Uh, World Series odds for top 10 teams? Yes. Okay. Braves are one at plus three thirty. This is according to Caesar Sports. Again, no gambling. Don't also gamble. the Twins were high on these like ratings at the start of the year. So that oh, just, you know, take just, take these ratings for what you will. <laughs> just wait. I'm gonna. Th- it's gonna be fun. Uh, Braves were one. Dodgers were two at plus five hundred. Astros three at plus five fifty. Uh, the Raves the Rays have dropped to plus eight fifty, tied with the Rangers. Um, so that is four and five. Orioles are plus twelve hundred. No love there. Give them some love, man. Yeah, Come on. I I like the Flaherty trade. Um, Blue Jays at plus eighteen hundred. The Phillies at plus twenty five hundred. The Minnesota Twins are nine at plus twenty eight hundred, tied with the San Francisco Giants. Hide your wallets. They did nothing. <laughs> nothing. They sat there and did nothing. They kept. They their- need bullpen they need left-handed bats they need they Didn't need they so much like closer they, they had like a relief pitcher that they traded yeah they like, traded like, for dylan floral i think they lost <laughs> and they traded they, away they pablo lopez who was their big key addition last year so i think they lost that trade but uh like they did one move <laughs> I think they're just hoping and to hope that, oh. that they can do it with this group and that stuff, something's going to turn around. Nothing's going like, to turn around. There's no momentum. Somebody needs to ask the GM what year they're planning on winning. Like the World Never. Series. Probably <laughs> after the Royals and Athletics at this point. Like, my goodness. <laughs> That's sad. Probably before those two. Teams, you know. <laughs> That's really uh, sad. I mean, um, I think, you know, we, it'd be doing justice for us to not talk about the Rangers with everything that they've done now they traded two pitchers like 
from uh or yeah traded for two pitchers from st louis with jordan montgomery the card's best starter this year and they're close so that's i mean jordan montgomery's been their best pitcher this year he's also a left handier hander yep. so that's kind of nice to have um and then the closer chris stratton um and got rid of three minor leaguers and then the rangers also got closer uh our oldest chapman from the royals which i like the chapman um I just I feel like their their rotation is depleted. Like obviously losing a guy like Jacob Degrom, I think they've had a lot of injuries within their bullpen too. And I get that, but I just it felt like they were just making a lot of deals. And I guess I'm one that like don't trade away, don't trade away prospects, don't trade away like don't make moves you don't have to. I've I've seen it a lot with the Brewers where it's like we have to trade for somebody, so they just go and trade. And then it's like, well, now it's just messed with the dynamic. And I guess maybe I'm just a I little mean, hurt a, a, still a, from the hater trade last year. But well, Aroldis is really the biggest move there because he yes. can be I, his ceiling is so high for what he can be for them. And he's found his velo again too. Yeah, he he he's somebody that he's he can be great in in you know a stretch, and then he can kind of go cold or kind of mm. just you know. He, he's hot and cold. Be off the grid a little bit. So hopefully they get, and obviously they're hoping and they're thinking that they can get the best out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they are because I feel like the Yankees were telling Aroldis to like save his arm. They were trying to focus maybe on longevity or just him pinpoint pitching or something. I don't know what it was. Yeah. But, you know, they they did something to where he didn't have his velo and now he's finding it again, throwing 100, 203. And like his two seam is ridiculous and has a lot of arm side run and like, He's looked like the Aroldis of old. Um, I'm just like, you have Max Scherzer in there now, um, pairing him with Jacob deGrom. You've got Montgomery in there, who has been fantastic for the Cardinals. I just, it felt like a lot of moves, but they they didn't do it in places that they didn't need to. Like, they didn't see, like, an Aloy Jimenez and just be like, all right, yeah, let's go get him. Like, um, uh, Corey Seager came back yesterday which is he's been on the IL for most of the season yeah, so came back hit a first inning home run first pitch he saw home run like he was ready he wasn't even the crazy thing was he wasn't even announced that he was even coming off the IL for that game until a couple hours after they had putting out the starting lineups and they just threw him in there then wow. and it was like all right yep there we go wow so there was that um yeah, I think I think the Rangers are poised now to make a run, but we'll just have to see how everything fits. Yeah, I guess too. That's like be, it'll be it'll be a talking point in September for be sure. A lot of Texas baseball mm-hmm. this fall. Yeah. Um, quick Brewers plug. I liked a lot of the trades we made. Um, picking up Mark Hanna and Carlos Santana just to add some bats. Like we've just we've just needed bats and hitting and just being able to like drive guys in and stuff like that. Like in the red series, we had so many times where we got runners to second and third with like one out, no outs or something like that and couldn't score. So like getting production with RBIs and stuff like that is going to be important. Christian Yelich has been playing well, but like he just needs help behind him. Uh, The thing that's killing us right now is our defense. We had a lot of defense mistakes in a series that we dropped to the nationals. And that just was kind of a gut punch a little bit, but we've got a huge series coming up against the pirates, a four gamer, um, going through this weekend and then um, some home cooking against the Rockies as well. So hopefully a couple of series that can just kind of help us bounce back. We get used to playing with our um, additions. One trade that I was on the fence about but I think I like is we picked up Andrew Chafin from the Diamondbacks. 
didn't think the Diamondbacks were even going to really be like sellers, I guess, because Chafin is usually. Well, a, they brought in Tommy Pham, though. Yeah, they brought in Tommy Pham, but um, trading away Chafin kind of surprised me because he's typically towards the back end, like either a setup guy or a closer guy. Yeah. Uh, in a bullpen, and the Brewers needed a le- another left-handed arm in our bullpen because right now we have the one with Holby Milner, and that's about it. And so having a second guy that you can kind of throw in there, just so it takes some you know pressure off being the right. only lefty. Right off of Milner um adding him in I think made a lot of sense too and like the way we've been doing our trades is like we're trading guys that either don't fit in our vision at the moment or like you know towards the end of our prospect list so like uh Luis Urias who had been up and had played well for a couple of years has been mired with injuries hasn't been able to really bounce back to the majors we have Andrew Monasterio who's playing pretty well Plus, we have a guy named Jackson Churio who could be coming up to the majors sometime soon, potentially. Mm-hmm. He's been raking in AA, and he's only 19 years old. Um, so there's a lot of prospects there that, like, yeah. Urias just kind of got forced out. So that's why he ended up going out to Boston. He's a he's a pretty good player. He is. He is good. I, there's there's a couple other, like, plugs here. I mean, CJ Cron went to the uh, Angels, and I think that's probably a good— Grichik went there too, right? Grichik went yeah. there as well. But good gets for the Angels, obviously trying to make a push too. Well, and they've just um, been, like, Rendon and Trout have been mired with injuries. and Well, they're having to and do everything. Yeah. yeah. They, so it's, it's kind of, it's overwork. Age two. It's, it's age yeah. two. Like, <laughs> Trout's been, sure, so. I mean. Yeah, Trout's um, been playing at a high level for a number of years. So, Cam- like. Uh, Candelario to the Cubs. I mean, that's that's a decent get for them. He wasn't going to do anything in Washington, but I, like I cringe just because that is a good get for the Cubs. Um, the Marlins uh, ended up getting Jake Berger from Chicago White Sox, which that's great. But they already have bats. Did there, you see you know? what they did though for his first game? <laughs> they made a burger, five dollar burger night. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> some good marketing going on over in uh, Marlin World. But um, yeah, and then so I, I think. There's obviously been some good trades, some interesting trades, all that stuff. But now we'll get to see kind of what the uh, the final stretch here of the the season is really going to look like here on the back half. It should be it should be fun. There's a lot of close races, wild card and division races and stuff like that. The NL Central should be fun because especially if the Cubs are playing well and Cody Bellinger, who just got named NL Player of the Month uh, or Batter of the Month or whatever it's called, um, especially if he keeps going the way he's been going, like it seems like we've got. Um, 2018 2019 belly versus yelly again which will be fun um just for a division title this spoken time like instead a, of a true brewers fan over here hey spoken like a true brewer yeah, fan. i, hear I <laughs> wish i had belly right now the way I he's wish, been hitting hey, i wish we um, had him still so corbin burns and devin williams got nl pitcher of the month so a nice little sweep there even though we're kind of mired in just a bit of a losing streak and whatnot um i think too the al east is going to be a fun one to watch um, there's just a lot of storylines along with AL West is going to get here. petty. It's yeah. going to get petty. Well, the Rangers and Astros are already they they're already going at it. But I think especially if the Angels get hot and the Mariners get hot, like that's going to be a fun one too. See, I I see that, but I this is I still need to see more from the Angels. It, oh, we all do. Oh yeah, it's tough because like you know we all want it too. Like, <laughs> it is to so bit. good, and for him to be so good on a team that isn't you know great, it's just like man, we're just watching history. Yeah, but it's it sucks that he's not on a good team because he's not winning as much as we would like him to win. Yeah, I mean they've added Mike Mustakis, Eduardo Escobar, Crone, um, and Grichik now, so like they've added bats around him. 
Um, you know, hopefully Trout gets back. Jared Walsh is out for a while because he took a uh, heater to the face as a some fractures in yeah. his face and stuff, which is scary. Hoping for the best. Um, but he'll be on IL for a while. He was a guy that was kind of like playing that first base slot, first base slot. So now they had to pick up Crone because of that and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what the Angels kind of do from here. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, had a dream of Shohei on the Twins, but you know. So you put him on the up. Twins in the woke show. Up. Woke up. And it was just uh, a dream. Just, <laughs> it was only just a dream. Oh, uh, <laughs> that no, that was Nelly. It was Nelly. Nelly. Okay. Um, I listened to it on the way here. <laughs> Well, yeah, so some good baseball talk there. We got a lot of football talk to talk about. And we're going to start Taylor. with just the world of the NFL. Is that where you want to start? I want to start Taylor? there because there's <laughs> conspiracy. Conspiracies. Go Badgers. Get your, uh, get your tinfoil hats out. The aliens are here. Go Badgers. Um, so On Wisconsin. I'm putting up the W. So, okay. The, yes, we all know like Jim Rissa has been just going after Jonathan Taylor. So do we think but his back is hurt and like actually hurt first off? First off, Jonathan Taylor actually tweeted out that his back is not hurt. Right, he did. He, <laughs> he tweeted said, that. He, he said these are false these are actually, false. Like where'd you get these? He was cut, he, from? it's xed out now. It's It'd not be like Twitter somebody anymore. coming in and saying, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm a little back. bit sore." It's like somebody coming in, "Yeah, my back's a little bit sore." Like I think it that's what was said. In the whole situation, so it wasn't like, well, this is mm-hmm. this is an injury that yeah. we need to be worried about. It was no, yeah, like I'm kind of feeling some pain in my back. Like I don't even think it was that. Well, yeah, he's had to carry the team for the past two years. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't figure out the that. quarterback situation, so they just have a, had a revolving door, and then it's like you can't build affinity with your quarterback. Now they have a quarterback to build affinity with. Did you watch like Hard Knocks with the Colts? No. I, did, I didn't watch it with the Colts. Okay, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I mean, you got to, you got to see a lot of insight on like Jonathan Taylor and mm. obviously Carson. Wentz well, and no, stuff I like did that, watch like, it with the yeah, I did watch it with the Colts then. Yeah, because I watched the one with Carson Wentz, and that would have been the only one that he's been yeah, on. yeah, yep, yep. So, so no, it, it was actually pretty good, and and you got to actually see like how hard of a worker he is. Mm-hmm. So like the coaching staff loves him too because yeah. they spoke on like, dude, this guy's going to be the best at running back in the NFL. Like that, like they well, said that yeah. on Hard Knocks on, on Hard Knocks, but. I mean, unfortunately, they don't have that coach anymore. <laughs> no, I, d- I still don't get the thinking behind firing Frank Reich and then hiring I, Jeff Saturday to, to finish out the season. Yeah, what, <laughs> what is going on? Like, I know Jim Ursay, especially listening to the talking Pat McAfee about dumpster show. fires. U.S. Women's National Team, you're nothing compared to the Colts. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know listening to the Pat McAfee show, like he is his own, like you know, breed with the things that he has. The fact that he just has a Colts branded bus that he'll drive to training camp to have like meetings on and stuff i i get all of that but also like like this dude is like you talk about face of the franchise like he is like the face of your franchise right now like we haven't seen what anthony richardson can do ty hilton i don't think is there anymore nope like he so, is uh, the guy i i i uh, there's there's something i'm gonna bring up here that i want both of your inputs on and it's something that like i actually think is Yes, I will be Go buying ahead. a Jonathan Taylor jersey. So, okay. <laughs> Carter already did it. Yeah. <laughs> is So the world of the old running back, right, the Jonathan Taylor, Der- Derrick Henry. Is dead. The best running backs is dead, mm-hmm. right? I get Jonathan Taylor's been the franchise running back. Yep. And this isn't, 
it's me almost playing devil's advocate to this situation because I really hope for the best for Jonathan Taylor. I, I, I was, the, I was great the content. Thing. So like the usage, it's it's not like this whole situation that's going on with running backs. Like I feel like they're like the NFL has now made the switch where it's we're moving from away from this traditional running back. Like next time Derrick Henry's contract comes up, I don't think he's going to get a crazy deal either because the teams and this is what I'm going to put out there: the teams that have won the teams that have actually like won a Super Bowl in the last you know t- 10 years here the Chiefs the Rams the Bucks the Chiefs the Pats the Eagles the Pats the Broncos the Pats the Seahawks the Seahawks were the last team and the team that's the furthest away from now that won with a running back that was legitimately potentially the face of that offense now Russell Wilson obviously was was cooking then wasn't wasn't that Russ's rookie? Year? It was one of his first couple of years, but his, but, uh, but Marshawn year, Lynch, okay. Marshawn Lynch was like, I mean, he, he was got, the guy yeah. that got. And when they won the Super Bowl that year, so this isn't they lost the Super Bowl obviously too on like a last play because they mm. didn't hand it off. But Marshawn Lynch, legitimately, was the last running back that of all of those other running backs that you could name and say he is the franchise. He he's a face of your type of franchise type running yep. back. The other like, if you're a team in the NFL right now. It's nice to have the face of your franchise be a running back, but you're if you want to win, right? And you're not saying, "Hey, let's win in 2026. We're good with this con, you know, whatever." You can't you can't be giving your running back the most money because at the end of the day, these other teams are doing it with guys on rookie contracts, guys that are more of like pass catchers, not necessarily like downhill runners. It's just this is the way of the NFL and it's unfortunate for guys like Jonathan Taylor. And, and, you know, Derrick Henry, when his contract comes up again, I think it's going to end up being close to the same way. All the other running backs, you know, we talked about Saquon Barkley last time a bit, but that's just the way it is, like, right now in the NFL. And it's not a knock against, like, like the NFL evolves all the time. You know, like, there's West, you know, the West Coast style of passing was, like, a big thing. And then, you know, it's, it's switched to, well, you know, who could throw the ball the furthest. And, like, so, there's so many different things that the NFL evolves no, through. Yeah, so, okay. I get that. I get what you're saying about, like, the whole, like, face of the franchise for running backs and whatever. But, like, if we're being honest, the face of the franchise is most likely going to be the quarterback at all times. doesn't matter what team it is. Face of the franchise is the quarterback. You, right? Yeah, you kind of need and, that. But. And, and I would say now... In today's game, the usage of the running back is going down just because of the mobile quarterback. I wouldn't say going down. I think it's just changed. It, it, yes. I, yeah. Like People, well, people look at the running back differently because their production is coming more as a wide receiver, per se, than as a running back. A wide receiver, a, lot of that. a blocker. Yeah. I mean, you look at like the the Eagles, for example. Like They have four running backs that they can rotate in there, but they also... like third and one they're not thinking oh i need a derrick henry type running back to go and get this one yard they're just going to push forward with jalen hurts um same thing with like a uh uh josh allen in buffalo like they um are gonna think you know short yardage situation we'll just run josh allen out wide he'll go get the first down lamar jackson is different where they're trying to get him out wide to use his speed to get to the edge or you know it's a quarterback draw up the middle or something um Patrick Mahomes runs about probably 500 yards a game but it's also because he's playing backyard football and is just moving the pocket all the time um you know Aaron Rodgers back when he was first coming into the league you know Brett Favre had kind of like had that moving the pocket you know I'm going to sling it downfield Rodgers kind of took it to another level where 
he wasn't scared to go and try to run to get the first down if everything broke down. He also had more speed. You know, <laughs> he also had more speed, but like it's something that he kind of started bringing to the NFL more, and now we've seen more of those speedy he also quarterbacks. Played, uh, he also played with Marshawn Lynch. He Lynch did back in yes uh, in college at Cal in Berkeley at, so. at Cal Cal Bears go Bears Golden Bears the Golden Bears um oh, he was a bear before he was a Packer ew anyways <laughs> um he's finding everything so, he's to hate <laughs> so um, I think I think you look at just the pure athletes like even now Jordan Love for the Green Bay Packers he's able to they're they're gonna run more kind of like read options, RPOs and whatnot, and they're gonna be able to move him more than what they were with Rodgers, because Rodgers in his old age was like, Screw that, I'm not gonna just run downfield. I'm gonna try to throw it because he's trying to save his body to keep, you know, playing and playing and hey, playing. So in, in the Rodgers defense, he was a back to back MVP and it was just hey, two years ago. It yeah, wasn't like it, it wasn't and recent. I am not faulting him at all because like he also had the off like you think about what Devontae Adams did within that offense, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon and then adding in guys like Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb. I, um I just Who was the tight end there for a little bit before Tunyon, now he's a bear. Before Tunyon. Uh Mercedes Lewis, uh, no. Jimmy Graham was there, yeah, but Graham like was there for a little, I bit wouldn't say it was relevant. Yeah. Jared Cook was there for a year. I was thinking about this, and we'll get to it once they, we they talk about really the Packers. A, they never really had like a solidified like tight end. Yeah, it, it, I will tell say. potentially now, but we'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there because yeah, um, that's a point. So I yeah, bring this up. whole running back thing, kind of <laughs> pun intended, but to put it all to bed with the running backs, the uh, the in, in general, like I don't think there's a future of like leverage that running backs are going to have for the, like the foreseeable future. And it's just the way it is. It's unfortunate that that's what's happening, but it's not like other positions don't work their tails off and they're just not in the spotlight, like a running back where the money that a running back's getting versus like a center or, you know, uh, probably going to like max out at like 10 mil per year, which at the end of the day, like it, who's complaining about it? I mean, like it's a lot of money. Like, but they're you know they're gonna complain about it because it's not to us. To us, it's yes. a lot of money. But for someone that's been getting this kind of like payment, you know, day in and day out, it's different because like they're gonna be like, oh, I want more money. I've been here. Right. I've been. I have the accolades. You know, mm-hmm. I've been. I've been getting the stats, numbers, and stuff like that. They they want more money. And, yeah. and as you see, like even with the sh- the whole Shaquan Barkley, uh, Shaquan Barkley deal with the uh, New York Giants, right? He even said like. His contract, he was going to get put on a, a franchise, a franchise tag, right? Mm. And it was going to be like ten mil. It was going, yeah, ten point one or something. Yeah, he, but he, he wanted did. to take a one year deal instead because yeah, he, he wanted can. to take a, a one year deal, which he got one eleven million dollars, so one one more million dollars added on to his you know mm-hmm. salary yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But like he even stated, like it wasn't really about the money as much for him. He just wanted to be out on the field. He wanted to be with the team. Um, and stuff like that and that's why like you saw after he was supposed to be put placed on the franchise tag that they were able to get a deal done so fast yeah all right let's um uh, shift gears really, really quick. quick really quick i have something well do we think Le'Veon bell ruined running back the running back position running back market when he sat out and held out well i i wouldn't say it was just like him ruining it i mean it. chris I mean, johnson didn't he do some of that too for tennis i mean you remember him like he was like a speedy guy. He oh, like CJ two K. Yeah. yeah, like I think he kind of went through some of that too. I it, it, a, a lot of 
a lot of athletes go through it. I'm not just saying it's going to be a running back. It could be a receiver. It mm-hmm. can be a quarterback. It can be anyone that's placed on their franchise tag that doesn't want to play because but, they're not getting right. Let's, right. Say, yeah. let's say it's Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs holds out. And I'm only saying Stefan Diggs because he's been in the media unhappy with something in Buffalo. Let's say Stefan Diggs decides to hold out. Do you think that that situation would have as much of a weight on the wide receiver market versus like if a that, Derrick that's Henry interesting because I, I feel like the the wide receiver market is more demanding right now. Uh, I, I feel like more teams are looking for receivers. They're looking they for looking like for running backs. switch army knives or tools that they can put in their arsenal that, that can go deep, that can cut across, that can, that, that has the, the IQ to be able to get do open. some unique reads and get open. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, Stefan Diggs, if he checks a bunch of those boxes, like he's going to be in high demand. You yeah. know, like, like that's that's the thing. Like he, he he's he's great at what he does and any he's team, one of the best at what he does. Any and team in the NFL a, right now, if, if he went on the market, like, yeah, they'd be like, I want to trade. Like every team in the NFL, even the, I probably not the Vikings. That's probably the only other team <laughs> that might not need him. But like, right. yeah. you know, every other team is pretty much looking for him and looking for someone like him. And because he's a he's he's at, I think, one of the most like high demanded positions in the nfl right now but one that that's how that's how winning teams are getting it done they're having and if there's not the guy that you can plug in that's you know half the cost of stefan diggs Mm. right if there is that difference there like the best of the best and wide receivers i think are different with what they can do when it comes to in this again you might agree or disagree but i think what you know the difference between the best of the best running backs like a Derrick Henry like you can't be as creative with him as you can be as creative with like a Stefan Diggs being like one of the best of the best wide receivers right now but, like, but, I think but then again you, you, you also do. need the quarterback as well to be able to yeah to get creative as well because yes. Josh Allen is a great quarterback like he's going to get out of the pocket he's going to move around but has a you great have, arm. He has a great arm, right? But then you have other quarterbacks that might not be as great. And let's say, like, you know, Stefan Dix does go to another team. We don't know how good he's going to be on that team. But this is a thing that I think why he's upset in Buffalo, right? It's because, first off, he was on the Vikings, yep. right? He had, he had Kurt for, like, what, a year or two? Year or something like that. With yeah, a defensive right? coach. With a defensive, defensive coach. coach. With a defensive yep. coach, right? Yeah. And he had a great year, mm-hmm. right? But he wanted to win. That's what he wants. He wants to win. So he goes to Buffalo because he believes that Josh Allen is a better quarterback. And their co- their coach is more like minded to help right. him become successful. I wonder if he'd want to come back to Minnesota. So successful, now. right? Well, but but let's 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 <laughs> Done. just take a look Done at it. Right? Formulating a it, plot for Trey Lance and <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Stephon Diggs right? <laughs> but if you look at it, Stefan Diggs hasn't pretty much improved since he's left the Minnesota Vikings. He's been like, just as right? good. He, he's been, he's ju- been great. He's been just as good. And like, if we look at last year, he didn't have like the year that he wanted, but that's because he didn't get the ball as much as he wanted. And that's another reason why I believe that he's a little upset. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you look at the quarterbacks, if you look at both of the quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, and then you look at Josh Allen, their numbers are actually very identical, if not favoring Kirk Cousins. Well, right? and it's going to actually be better this year for Kirk Cousins because he knows the system that he's in. And he talked about that in an interview like this week about how not only is he because when he reads those, I don't know if you guys watch quarterbacks yet, but when he reads those routes and it's like a three sentence thing that he's reading to the team, yep. he's going to be able to look at formations on the other side, see scheming that he didn't get to last year because he was so worried about trying to get the play off to everybody yeah. because with how, how much that um, 
how much the new was coach in is there. like yeah. is like adding to to their offensive playbook. So that's like Kirk is going to look a lot better this year because he's more just familiar oh, with so. everything. I hope so. But yeah, back to what but, you're saying like, about. But like, so the so if we're going back to it, like he ha, he hasn't done anything, and this is what he wants the Super Bowl. He wants to win, yeah. and that's why he went to the Bills because he felt that the Bills will be able to win. They're primed to make one. They they are primed to make one, but he in a step he didn't improve like team team wise. He didn't improve, yeah, because he's in the same spot. They're not winning, and then he's with a quarterback that has the same stats as his last quarterback, if not worse. Well, and you think about one of the first years he was in Buffalo, too. They go all the way to the FC championship game or divisional game or whatever it was. Lose the, the shootout in, in yeah. the overtime game, yep. which and the overtime rule was then basically <laughs> changed, right, because yeah. of that? Yeah, it give, give no, everybody a chance. Yeah. yeah, it was it was one of those years, yeah. But, like, uh, Chiefs end up going. Uh, he stands there, watches, you know, on the field, watching the whole celebration and stuff like that, wants to get back there. Hasn't been able to yet, but you also think about the great teams that are in there right now, the Bengals. The being AFC one. is deep. The and, AFC and, and is that's deep. A, that's another thing. Like, when you're, when you're an athlete and you're looking to go to a team, you have to look to the team that you're going to have the best opportunity. Not saying that Stefan Diggs didn't have his best opportunity on the Bills, but for teams that are in the AFC. You know where I think you should look? The Minnesota Vikings. No, no, no. Oh. Well, I'd well, yes, I'd love to go there, but, <laughs> but the actual team that I think would be the best fit for him because of where that division is as well, Jacksonville. If you went to Jacksonville. You want to see him with T-Law, huh? No, no, but, but listen, listen. That division, first of all, you know you'd make the playoffs, so he's good there. You're, you're like, the group is young. They did beat a good. Uh, they did. Who they beat? In they the beat the Chargers last year. last year in the first round. Yeah, they came back from like twenty something down, didn't they? They they came back from. They're like shut out in the first down. half. So and like they, they know the they can win a playoff a game. Yeah, Duval. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, what is your take? I gotta get your take on the whole Aaron Rodgers Hackett, uh, Sean. Payton I think it's dumb. Sean stuff. Payton, keep that assistant coach out of your mouth. I'm sorry, but like, look. It's no secret that there was a lot of expectations that failed in Denver. And I think Hackett can op- own up to that. Like, he he knows he could have done a better job. But to sit there and rag on him and say that he is horrible, no good, like, everything is being done different and whatnot. Well, first off, I hope it's being done different because you're a different coach. Second off, to just rip on the guy that, and it might be that, you know, I had good years and good experiences with Hackett and stuff like that. I... I I get that that might be a bit of a bias or different things like that, but he got the coaching job for a reason. And I know he also got fired for a reason. I think it's because, you know, team expectations and stuff, but to sit there and go out of your way to make comments about another coach and say how terrible a job that they did to make yourself look better to me seems very well, they got a lot shallow. to prove. They have a well, lot well, to prove at, this at year, too. At the end too. of the day, they haven't done anything yet. No, exactly. No, no, and no, 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 no. It, it'll be <laughs> different if they finish the like they finish the season yeah. and they made the playoffs. And it's yep. a completely and different looking he, and team. And then he was just like, And then you could say. It's just like last year, like the team that was before mm-hmm. I came here was just terrible. The way that it was coached was yeah. terrible. The way everything was ran was just terrible. I yeah. flipped it upside down and look what happened yeah. Yeah. with the same team. But he hasn't done anything yet. We haven't even seen the team on the field, let alone... And there were some knocks last year. They weren't like 100% healthy either. And no. I think this year he's expecting maybe everybody to be healthy and he, time is going to tell, right? They have, and, they have a top five defense in the league 
And no, they their went, defense what, is they incredible. Went five and twelve. So their defense is the only reason why they won five games. Like, <laughs> they went. They, anyway, they were at five and. And I'm not saying that they lost like a. Do you lot remember of those the night games? games those like Sunday night, like, Thursday yeah. night primetime games yeah. where they, it was they, like it was painful be, to watch. Be, but they, but they, it was always in it. They were always close yeah. games, and there were no there were no points being scored. No, no points being scored, but it'd be a close <laughs> game. And I also like not to just be taking shots that are unwarranted, but I also feel like some of it could come back to Russell Wilson because watching some of those games. It's like well, some of the reads he was making. I'm like, where? So that was another thing that I was like talking about uh, earlier or a few weeks ago or something like that when we we're talking about the Broncos. But yeah. he had his own quarterbacks coach last year, mm. right? That that he had in practice. He didn't do practice with the team. Yeah, like he he just did it on his own, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I feel that was a big problem. That's going to be and, the bigger and, difference and between that, last year. I, and this I year believe that him. is going to be the biggest difference because even when Sean Payton came in to the to the Broncos room yeah. right he, he was said saying not like doing this, right? he said we're not doing it but He's, he did say that to him which last year I, I mean did Hackett just not say like you're not doing this I mean I feel like you know Hackett I mean? so so it, it, Hackett was like a like a he was a new coach right like a new yeah head he was coach. a head he yeah. was so at, he, He's a new head coach, and then you have a franchise quarterback that's coming into your team, mm-hmm. right? That has won a Super Bowl, yep, already. Yep. That's been the multiple Super Bowls, yep. That knows how to win, that yep. knows how to play. You're not thinking, oh, I I need to do this with him. You're thinking, oh, I'm gonna let him do what he feels that he needs to do because whatever he's been doing has been right. That's right. what that's what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. But if you go back to Sean Payton, Sean Payton's old school. Yep, he's not gonna he's not gonna do what Russell Wilson wants to do. Obviously, he's not gonna do what they did last year. He's he's gonna want to change the the scheme. He's he's gonna want to change the the way that everyone. Practices. But I think that's any coach that comes in, they're gonna change stuff up. So it, to to make a knock, kind of back to just that whole thing in, about Sean Payton calling out Hackett. Like I think it's just weird because no one coach is is doing things the exact same way as another. You no, know, like so no. it, there's and there's not a right way or a wrong way all the time. A lot of it's just this is how I'm I'm doing it differently and this is how you're doing it differently. And sometimes it doesn't even come down to the coaching. Sometimes it actually comes right. down to a play yeah. that happens and you know it could come down to a player, right? Yeah. Or multiple players. Like yeah. like at, at the end of the day like we can't just, you know, bash on Hackett just because of how they ended their season. It, yeah. If you look at it, their games most of their games are actually really close that they lost. They mm-hmm. got five wins, but the 12 that they lost, they were like all close games. And that's because of their defense. So the defense was there. It was the offense just wasn't producing. Right. Well, and let's be honest too. The Vikings went what 11 and all in one score games last year. Yeah. Right. Something like <laughs> they, that. They, in like the year before, like, in the year yeah. before they went what, like two and seven or something right, like that. Right. So, so it's fine margins in the NFL and I'm not trying to like call it the Vikings as, you know, it it's just an example. Change yeah. to it that, was a coaching that change that year. So, two different coaches were able to manage things the same way. And obviously it came down to the players too. I think for me, I've seen what Hackett has done. Mind you, he has been offensive coordinator for two MVP seasons with Aaron Rodgers, And Aaron Rodgers is obviously a, not necessarily a loose cannon, but he has his own way of doing things and has his own way of going about things. And I think Russell Wilson is just completely the opposite. So with the own quarterbacks coach not practicing with the team, make that what you will. For me, Hackett is a phenomenal coach who loves to keep things fun and fresh and, you know, like very, you know, kind of, he's a family oriented guy who also is just like very open about what he wants to do and stuff like that. And I just think, with coming into a new situation like that with the team that just basically was like, oh, we're going all in, um, you know, 
that I feel like is was just a tough the circumstance. The Broncos will be tougher to play against this year just because, Sean, it, it, like you said, it's a new coach coming in. There's not a lot of tape on how does they, – they know how the coach works, mm-hmm. but the whole scheming, everything is different. Scheming so can, it's, yeah. it's, it, like, it, it's difficult for defenses to stop teams that have new coaches, a new coaching staff that scheme differently because they're figuring that, they're figuring that team out until they get stuff on tape. Well, in yep. – Sean Payton, like he's a quarterbacks coach. He is right. He's mm-hmm. a quarterbacks coach, and he knows how to work with short quarterbacks. Right. He just yep. had Drew Brees for how many years, and now he has Russell Wilson, which is not even taller <laughs> than Drew Brees. There's right? a lot of similarities with those two quarterbacks, mm-hmm. so I think that's going right. to work like, out. Like they both can throw the ball. They're both really accurate, you know, when they want to be. Yeah. But the thing with Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson is more mobile. Yep. Yeah, he, he can run a little bit more and faster, obviously, than we need Brees, to. We need to make sure that we save this, that way we can come back to this topic of oh, we will. Peyton yeah. working with Wilson and see if it actually we, works we, out or not. We will. For I sure. hope it works but, out. I really um, hope it works for out. me. For me, I just I don't I'm not a fan of calling out other coaches, especially yeah. when you're a couple months into a new job. You, you have I I that that really rubbed me the wrong way, but each their own if he feels like he's doing things different and it's working and he's seeing results great it's it doesn't um, need to be publicized that kind of no. stuff doesn't need to be like publicly announced i mean just yeah. you, you know say it to us i'm sure like Hackett would have been like say it's my face like mm-hmm. you know yeah like, he, if, if he you did have a kinda, problem with how i'm coaching like say it's my face but he Hackett's obviously had some great success as a mm-hmm. coach too so he did kind of cover it um at training camp with the jets but uh have you heard but, about the uh changing of the guard in arizona with the coach yeah I mean, like, we, we, there's a lot of, like, unknowns. There, there, like, there is a lot thinking, of unknowns. So, like, what are you, uh, so a couple of players in um, press conferences this week have talked about just, like, the culture change and how, uh, what's the name of the Cardinals head coach now? I think it's, like, Gannon or something like that. Um, anyways, um, they said that this year you can't even be, like, 30 seconds late to Jonathan meetings. Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon. Um so, like, you can't be 30 seconds late to meetings. Uh, the way that he talks to the players about, like, just, like, mentality and stuff like that is different and different things like that. Like, he's just came in and changed the culture, like, right away from something that was just kind of like, eh, yeah, you know, it is what it is to, no, we're doing it this way. You know where he or, was before this? Where? He was a defensive coordinator the past couple of years for the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. So, makes so. sense. Championship football team. Um yeah, but defense, like yeah. he, the players have been speaking very highly about how he's managing and organizing everything with practices, with um, player attitudes, and different things like that as well and whatnot. So like it sounds like the framework is being laid for Arizona, a team that we've thought was going to be good for a couple they, years they now. Need a little bit more structure. In they the needed room. more structure, and it sounds like you know not again after the whole tift we just went on with um, Hackett, Hackett and Peyton, yeah. but like it sounds like that Kingsbury maybe wasn't as on top of that Kingsbury. stuff. Kingsbury, yeah. thank you. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, there. Um, <laughs> it sounds like he maybe wasn't as, as, like, on top or as, like, structure-oriented with that kind of stuff and whatnot, but it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Arizona does with new head coach. Yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on with a lot of that. Before we dive into the receiving core here, I, I want to touch on conference realignment real quick because – it has been insane and in the news every day, like for the last two weeks. Are we talking about the uh, college football? NCAA, college football so break from I NFL. Mean, we're going to NCAA. We're, we're taking, a, we're taking, a, we're taking a, a, an intermission here This from is your NFL. 15 in intermission yes. about and, and truly, college football. Like now the Big Ten meeting with 
Oregon, Washington, it's now the Pac-10. Cal, Cal Berkeley, and yeah. Stanford. Those are schools that line up academically with the Big Ten. The Big Ten talks about how like institutions within the Big Ten, like they they want to be very much research based type institutions. Um, I know Clemson has looked at the Big Ten as well. Um, so it's like, so the, what are we doing here oh, with conference if, realignment? If all, like, if it's all nuts. of these teams come to the Big Ten, we will have the biggest conference in the Power Five, right? And honestly, I think we would have the best conference. Well, for in, sure, in all of, in all of so. But the S, like, okay, it's just super are, like. Uh, why don't I, I've thought for the last ever since I was in grad school, I remember putting together a structure where like there should be. It, it should be based like the Premier League, just relegation. Have like Premier League One, League Two, League Three, put 16 teams in it, have everybody play each other, and at the end of the year you can have like 14 tournament. But like have the best 16 teams be in one conference, which is Division One, not Division One, but like you'd call it Class A, whatever. Division Two, like do the whole way down because at this point it's becoming, there are conferences that aren't even regional. Like we're, we're to the point where like the Big Ten already is going to have like USC all the way to Rutgers, New Jersey, like in the conference. Like, wh- what are we doing? I, I'm it, just, has it gotten like so far you're, off you're, the you're rails? You're not wrong. You're not like, wrong. And I think that, you know, they see the Big Ten as a destination that they want to it's go. It's like the promised it land. Is, it is like the promised when, land. <laughs> when in sporting relevant history has the Midwest ever been prominent destination land ever big money free agents where do they I go mean, probably in east the 1950s. or west 1950s <laughs> but golden gold for big money for big money free agents like carlos correa for example in the mlb he looked at the giants and then looked at the mess that is east and west west coast to get paid colleges but it's it's media it's all about like, media networks like media like it, it chicago for, based for, for, so it's for all college it doesn't matter as much just because you can be uh you can be a midwest school right and still be one of the top schools even even in the but, year but a, lot the NIL? It, a lot of it has to do with the media deals though because it, it, at the end of the day the pac-12 is yeah. the only big big conference that doesn't have a media deal right now they, they still don't have a media deal and you have the sec the Big 12 is like getting more buzz because they got a media deal in. The Big 10 and the Big 10, like media market wise, covers a lot of like US square mileage. And Chicago is a huge base for that. Yeah. So the, the reason why the Big 10 is kind of what it's able to be is, in my eyes, because of Chicago, like the city of Chicago, the market itself, like- and the media, like the media networks that are like affiliated with the city of Chicago specifically. If you look at and and I think when we talk about like a school like USC, who doesn't want to go on a full ride to USC or who doesn't want to go on a full ride to, um, you know, like it's always been weird, like Florida, Florida state, mm-hmm. you know, something like that where it's like, you're talking about being on a, you know, a beach, a beach school, beach school. Like, but I think at the end of the day, if these schools are coming to like the big 10, they're going to be really tough. Like USC and the Big Ten is going to be way more marketable and good in my eyes than a big than a USC and the Pac-12 because they're they're going to get more recognition they're, in the Big Ten and a better also conference. Playing better teams, they're playing better teams. But now you can play in the Big Ten and you can do it in LA. 
that's never been done before, right? But now you could play in Oregon potentially if Oregon comes over. And I'm not saying all this is going to come to fruition, but the fact that this stuff is happening right now too is crazy. They're, they're, I, the the Pac-12 will be no longer in about three years. I'm, I'm it'll just be made of. It, it'll be like the new WCC. So like Gonzaga will be in it, and you'll have like a team like San Diego State who apparently isn't like in it. Now, no, like they're in the, the last like spring. There was a whole thing. Like apparently they didn't do the due diligence of like clearing it, but it got in the media. Like when we were talking about it in the spring, we were saying, oh, yeah, the next year it'll be the Pac-12. Apparently, like there was a lot of like fire that San Diego State's been under because they didn't go through the right hoops to get the whole thing done. So they're not in the Pac-12. But you know, you're gonna see schools like that in the new Pac-12 if all of this ends up happening. And Arizona's looking at Big 12's thinking about bringing Arizona in. But what about Arizona State? <laughs> like, there's it, it's just an absolute, or like Utah is a great, like, sports school. You know, what about what about them? Like, they've been football relevant. They've been the, the cream of the crop in the Pac 12 for the past couple of years. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, at the end of the I, day, you're getting Oregon and it's great. You're getting, you know, Stanford and, and USC. But I mean, Utah has been a huge successful school athletically across the board in different sports. So yeah. um, I just wanted to, to bring it up. It's probably frustrating people more than anything, it's, but I just growing up, it was always like, all right, yeah, we've got Penn state, Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan state, um, Minnesota from time to time to like, Iowa. You know, like Iowa, like all these great schools within the big 10. And it's great that the big 10, I guess, in a way, is Nebraska getting, made sense. Yes. I feel like Iowa State would make sense. Iowa State like, would make sense, but, but like Rutgers. But we're not even looking at Iowa State. Rutgers yeah. like didn't. Notre um, Dame would make sense. Like there's just Maryland, schools. That I'd hate just, Nor- Maryland too. Like, like didn't make sense. Like it's just Rutgers and East Coast schools is is, is more like, odd. Like Pennsylvania's like far ACC or Big East. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Big East or ACC for those. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's just it's it's frustrating. It's it'd have been different dumb. if they were like, oh, you know. Like, like you guys were saying, like uh, Iowa State, even like Kansas, Missouri. Yeah, you right. Know, like if those regionally, they make sense. And that's why this is so weird that it's like well, all of a sudden you're going to have a West. And if we have divisions in the Big Ten, you're going to have a West Coast division, which is basically the Pac-12, but it's just going to be USC, well, Cal, mean, Stanford, I mean, Oregon, Washington. They have East and West, but they're and actually they're, so, they're going away from. They are going away uh, from going that. Away from but th- would they go back to that if they have 20 and then there's a whole West Coast of schools? I, I because you're gonna have you're gonna have a team like USC travel to Rutgers and then to Penn State and then they're gonna go to Michigan and then it's like okay we're gonna play Oregon next week. There's that's so much traveling. So my question is, yeah. at what point does the NCAA step in and say this is enough? NCAA has lost control, the, man. No, they they don't care one of why because it's gonna make them money. The, the NCAA that's all they want. They they're just they get kickbacks from these networks, right? Yeah, you know. So at the end of the day, they're like, like they're a multi-billion dollar, yeah. you know. It's I, it, they they can't upset the apple cart because at the end of the day, all these schools could do what we've talked about with this NLI money. They could be moving, making shifts, things like that. And at the end of the day, like that can be like pretty crazy. Yeah. So I just I I said this in our text thread too, but honestly, if all that happens and stuff, I'm just gonna lose interest in college because it's just gonna be one big. Uh, um, got some gonna fans be, out here. Man. Yeah. Apparently, get them some swag. A, uh, a tour group walking through uh, as we're recording this, but um, yeah, I just watching college football where it's like, all right, for a division game, it would be Wisconsin versus Oregon, and then the next week we have to go play Rutgers. Like that's just 
like on the road. If it was if it was a non-conference <laughs> schedule, that'd be like, oh, that's sick. Like we get to go play Oregon, who we've had a history against in the Rose Bowl, and then we get to go play a team like Rutgers, who is like, where the heck is Rutgers? Like you know, like right. there, there I mean, was intrigue with that when it was like ten years ago because it's like you're getting different so types of football. Ohio and now State it's had so, a home and home thing with Washington on their schedule that they canceled. That was over, like it was going to be in like the next couple of years. Yep. This home and home. Yep. The last time that something like that happened was when the SEC, um, it was like an LSU team or Texas A&M, they canceled their thing before Texas A&M made the jump or between when Oklahoma just made the jump with uh, the SEC as well. Um, I think like Alabama had uh, Oklahoma home and home and mm-hmm. they, they canceled that now too. So that makes that's the reason why I'm bringing up kind of Washington, Oregon, Cal and Stanford because like the last time that something like that even happened those schools came in so it's just weird that yeah uh, I think they're gonna come in I like I like you know I like those schools I I like those schools (laughs) and I feel like it will make the Big Ten a little bit more competitive but the one thing that I do hate about it is that Michigan doesn't get the game at the end of the year the game yeah no that that entire thing too is dumb that just makes me kind of mad because that's what I look forward to at the end they of the last they, they season. The last game of the season. They won't have that? No, why, no, why are they no. changing that? They're changing because of their they're they're making all, teams. They're, yeah. they're making it divisionless now. Yeah, they're making it. But they could it, still have that be the, the if there's no, like the, the no, rivalry game no, that you're guaranteed. Not, not, I don't know the, why not, they don't do that. Not with no division games. Yeah, they, they aren't doing it, division it, games. doing division games, it doesn't make sense because that that determined who was going to be in the Big Ten championship between Michigan and Ohio State. Yeah, that's gonna that's horrible. Well, and maybe they'll move back to divisions if they get to 20. Maybe they'll do 10 and 10. Or and they and just split the will. conferences again. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I'm sorry, the, but the, it's the reason, just... The reason, though, why you wouldn't is because... You know, you look at like the umbrella of different networks that there are. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, like Fox, CBS, NBC, like those are the big ones, right? Yep. Um, ABC. So Disney, like they're the big ones. And at the end of the day, when when they're doing all of this, it's going to be easier for them to work with one conference of 20 teams, even if it's two divisions, mm-hmm. than it is two conferences of the Pac-12 and Big Ten. It's just... But, that just was stop. That was just our, stop. That was our uh, that was our little intermission that we're having on that. Also, gonna, the dumb thing was too. It was like Michigan, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and um, Minnesota. Yep. Um, I think what was some of the other ones? I think Michigan State, Penn State. I think played at that point too. Like there were so many good games on that last Saturday before conference championships. It's always, it's, it's always rivalry week, right? I mean, Oklahoma yeah. versus Texas. That might. I don't know if that's still going to happen in the SEC because I do think they do have divisions. But you know, the last. Red, Red River rivalry is this year, right, with Texas and Oklahoma. I, I, I think, because that's not usually the last game, though, right? It's usually, I, it's, like, October. A, it's around Texas State week. Fair. So, so it's, it, I, right, I, I, I think they would continue to schedule those games. You would hope. Yeah. I, I would think, I would, <laughs> I would hope, you know, they still schedule those games um, between Oklahoma and Texas, but for, like, the Red the Red River uh, showdown, but, like, it's Technically, the, though, they could they Ohio if Ohio State and Michigan don't have a set game in the regular season during the year, they could schedule each other that year. Is one of their non-conference games that's a conference game. They could no, no, they could they, do that. They, still. Well, yeah, but they they still play. They still play each other. Right, like throughout the year, it just they that might last. Week they they you're might. Talking about yeah, it being, it's yeah. the last week. And yeah. it's because that's why we call it the game. We're not gonna have. To, we're not gonna be able to call it the game anymore when it's. You know, mid-season. Yeah, the they're getting away from stuff you know I mean? that's like the history of the sport, and that's what's really tough. I can't remember if it was 
who who have you said that like if they do all this, it's going to be hard to watch? Was it was it you, Steph, or was it you? That was me. Like it's just it, it would be, it will be though if it becomes SEC and P- Big, Big Ten, Ten because what you it's know it's going to be two conferences. The ACC <laughs> might you know it's just the ACC won't exist. Pac twelve won't exist. Big twelve. Big twelve is, is going to be underwater be just too. Like a, like there's, it's now the group of five. It's going to be a group of two. If I, yep. if I was the NCAA, I wouldn't, I wouldn't allow, you know, too much to happen at once, especially like with the realignment with conferences, right? Like if you're looking at the Pac-12, literally all of those teams that are in the Pac-12 are looking to leave, right? They're looking to go to different conferences. Well, and they're making all this more money. Is how much is it going to save them if they have to travel across the country like all this time on a jet? It, it doesn't like, matter. Uh, they'll you know have I mean? two private jets it at this matter. point because you think about how matter. big those football care. teams are. They don't care. They're going to get money to, to fund yeah. it no matter what. If yeah. it's through the NCAA or if it's through the school because they 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 get paid to even wear yeah. you know sponsors. You know yeah. Nike like Nike pays them to wear that stuff, right? So th- they're getting paid no matter what. It doesn't really matter how far they have to travel. Or what the cost is going to be because I'm pretty sure their budget's unlimited. They're just like, hey, we're going to give you a black car. Like Russell Wilson? <laughs> just, right? <laughs> just <use> it, right? <laughs> well, these kids with so, the NLIs might take their own jet. <laughs> they, they, hey, they might because they're going to be making they're their own money. Hey, I'll meet you guys at the game. <laughs> Gets a parachute onto the field. All right, back to uh, NFL really quick. Stetson Bennett and Sonny Michelle were on the same team together at Georgia. Sonny Michelle retired this week, which means that Sonny Michelle was drafted in the first round, played for four different NFL teams, won two Super Bowls, and then retired. All while Stetson Bennett was Sonny still Ma- in college. Sonny Michelle retired. Yeah, he's not he even retired old. this week. No, but he's just done. I, I guess he, he didn't really do anything in the NFL. He was uh, really one, good college player, but one, one two uh, Super Bowls though, lucky duck. Yeah, he was just on the, in the right on the right team, man. Yeah, at the right time. So we are going to move to wide receiver slash tight end talk right now. We do have a little bit of time, so we're good. Um, but as far as like, um, we're going to do the same thing as we did before. So start with NFC West here. I'm going to go over um, some of the, uh, receiving options and, and then we can kind of discuss them. I have all of them kind of pulled up their top, their top gets. Yep. So, yep. uh, NFC West, we got the Seattle Seahawks, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Jack Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, from Ohio state, who we all know is going to make a good impact there. And then Noah Fant at tight end, um, San Francisco, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and then of course, Kittle is there at tight end. We got Arizona, we got Hollywood Brown and Zach Ertz um, kind of holding down the fort there for receiving. And then for the L.A. Rams, Cooper Cup is the only one worth mentioning, and he has an injured hamstring currently. You don't want to talk about Higby? Not as far as production, no. Oh, <laughs> but yes, we can, we'll throw in Higby in, and he might be their core guy if Cup is injured again. But um Thoughts here. I know Seattle has some interesting injury news coming out of their camp this week with Walker having a groin injury and Charbonnet having a shoulder injury. So their top two running backs just went down. Yeah, so our running back talk last week was (laughs) very well put together. Um, Um, So now, you know, I think Seattle's wide receiving core, in my eyes, looks the best in the cream of the crop in this conference, followed by San Francisco, Arizona, and the Rams, in my eyes, um, are the bottom two. Um, and I think it's it's a pretty significant drop off after San Francisco, and then even more after Arizona with what's not really there. There's going to be a lot of talk about significant drop offs. I feel like with receiving cores. Yes. Um, yeah. For me, uh, Arizona, LA, big gap. Um, You're going bottom to top. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tough because I love DK Lockett and Smith and Jigba, but I think it's hard to look past the 49ers. But I also think it like the well, differences you know are marginal. Get, you know what you're going to get from Debo and Brandon and mm-hmm. Kittle, and you know what you're going to get from DK and Tyler Metcalf. The question is, can Smith, Smith and Jigba and, and Noah Fant. Fant step up? The Look, I love I love Fant. There's something about Iowa tight ends that just you know they transferred to the NFL I really love really that well. Receiving room, yep. more than any other room. That's why yeah. I like Seattle the best in that division when it comes to. I just like, think just who they have as options, weapons. Ayuk has you know tra- like he's transformed since he's gotten to the NFL, and like last year he took a really big step forward. Samuel yep. had maybe a little more of a down year, but I also think with the amount that he's, he's going so to the backfield, as well. he, he, yeah. also got, he also got hurt. He also got hurt. Yeah, um, and then Kittle too. Like Kittle, like in terms of tight ends, he's one of the best between him between him and Kelsey. It's one A one B. Really close there when it comes to Seattle and San Francisco. Though. Yeah. Those two teams are very very good and have incredible receiving mm-hmm. cores. So and it doesn't matter who you put in at QB there too. No, it's it, they for can, both they teams. Can have success for the Forty Nine ers showed it last year. <laughs> <laughs> so Steph, what do you think about that division? Oh, man, I'm gonna go with Seahawks, Forty Nine ers. Um, Hollywood Brown in Arizona before Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to go with the just Cardinals because Ertz and the Rams. is still there, and, and, you know. And, 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 and this is another do some stuff. This is another reason why I'm putting the Rams at the bottom is because like I don't I don't care if they're two years removed from the Super Bowl, yep. right? If you look at how they played last year Their without team, Cooper, Cup, it's not the same team. Going that through team. these last three weeks has made me not think the Rams are as good as I thought they were going into three weeks ago. I'm we surprised talking McVay about quarterbacks. Stayed. It's interesting because I feel like how are they on a hunt? Like they, you know, a couple of years ago, they were extremely relevant when they moved to L.A. Now yep. they're in L.A. and they're getting worse. I, like, no, <laughs> no, no. Well, they, they were relevant in L.A. for a few years because they went to the Super Bowl yep. with with Jared Goff. Right, yep. right, right away. Right yep. away. And then they also went to the Super Bowl with um, Stafford. Stafford. With Stafford. And it. Right. And won it. And, and it's just one year. Really, really, it's one year removed. I know, but now, right? yeah, but this it, year's looking a lot more like last year than it was you're, two you're, years you're ago, rock, which is but, sad. But they also lost so many pieces on, off, offense, on offense and defense. And you're not their wrong, defensive right? line the is Jalen Ramsey is gone right? now too. And yes, yes, yeah, Jalen Ramsey is gone. So is is not there. <laughs> so so yes, that team just has Cooper Cup, and even with Cooper Cup, they were still losing games last year. McVay <laughs> might be the second best guy on their team. <laughs> <laughs> Put him in, coach. He is the coach. coach. I um, mean, with the way he looks, though, like he could go he's still out in and his suit 30s. up. Thirties, like he so, well, could, Did you see him running down the sideline yeah. for that one play that was, yeah. I think it was last year? But he was just like he was going the whole way, yeah. and like just you know as and fast he, as the for how fiery was. a competitor he is too. Like he'll smack his get back. It's coach. Hard to, yeah, yeah. So when we do go over, like, hey, what we think the end yeah. of the results will be at the you know mm-hmm. next week or a couple weeks from now, we'll yeah. Um, uh, yeah, that's going to be interesting what happens in L.A. there. but mm-hmm. um, So, yeah, so that's what's in the NFC West for receiving. NFC North, we got Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, K.J. Osborne, and T.J. Hawkinson in Minnesota. Holy cow. That's actually really exciting um, with all that. Um, Chicago, Darnell Mooney, um, Claypool uh, Clay from Pittsburgh um, came over, and, and then Cole Kmet at tight end. Um, and Robert Tunyon. I mean, you're going to put him in the... I'm like going to... The uh, NFC North is going to be the one we talked the longest about, so... All right. Um, <laughs> Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Luke Musgrave for Green Bay. Um, you could talk Tyler about 10 Kraft, other guys. I don't care about those guys. The running Not backs. Gonna happen. 
Stefan, we don't care about those guys. <laughs> I mean, they could work their way in great. Hey man. But, um, Detroit, Amara St. Brown, and uh, Sam Laporta, tight oh. end from Iowa. We talk about Iowa tight ends. Iowa and tight ends. They, they develop them. Um, the You're really going to sleep not, on Jamison Williams? The reason why I'm not mentioning him oh, is... Oh, suspension. That's suspension, right. but yep. also... Six games. Six games. I stop looked, voting or stop gambling. <laughs> stop last, sports betting. Last, yeah. last year... Um, did like his production wasn't crazy either because he was injured for most of the year. He was coming back right, from so my um, question is, injury in my, the natty. So I'm, I'm glad and I'm glad you brought that up because like we we all know injuries can just plague the heck out of players in the NFL. Like it they really do, especially on that turf at Ford so, Field. It sucks. And 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 you're not wrong for sure. And there's elements in the NFC North that are rough in general. You have to go play outside in Chicago, outside in Green Bay. Minnesota is like the Miami of the North <laughs> when it comes to locations for weather that you can play because it's inside, it's controlled, and the surface is nice. Hey, that's fair. Actually, <laughs> I I will get behind that. that okay, is, thank you. Yep. It feels were you it's one of the better. There? It's one of the better stadiums, and it I is. Guess, like, it's one of the, the coolest too because it looks yeah. like a spaceship. Almost. That's the reason why they got a Super Bowl here, you know. And yeah, but did they play too, in it though? Too bad we didn't get there. No, but we did have a decent <laughs> group. We had a great team that year. Um, hey, opening night was something different. That too. that being said, so the order of this, I'm actually putting Minnesota at one for for wide receiver. I'm putting Chicago at two. I'm putting Green Bay at three. And I never thought I'd say this, but I'm putting Detroit at four. Yeah, no, we're spending a while on this. You're putting Detroit at four. A lot has changed there in their wide receiver core since last year. And on top of that, you're looking at the other receiver, maybe Green Bay at four. I think there's not that much between Green Bay and Detroit. I'm putting the Bears at four. I'm sorry. I'm putting the Bears at four <laughs> as well. No, 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 but time out, time out, time out. You look at what Chicago has for wide receivers. Darnell Mooney, right? He, we all know what he's been able to do. They, they brought Claypool. in Claypool. They had him last was, year. They brought him in last year. But they had he him. also came in with a whole new system, right? You're it's not, it's you're different. Not, you're, not, you're not wrong, but I... Claypool is a good receiver. He's not a great receiver. He's a good receiver, okay? He, he, he's... If you look at... Okay, but but as a number two, who, who on who on who on Detroit or Green Bay is a better number two? Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs for Aaron Rodgers. Yes. No, Romeo Dobbs for Jordan Love. Here's why. Jordan Love and Romeo Dobbs have a really good connection already. Okay. In terms of favorite ride receivers in training camp right now, when they're going live and doing two minute drills and all that. Love goes to Dobbs. Take your notes down, everybody. <laughs> Love goes to Dobbs. 87 is a good number for wide receivers in Green Bay. And Romeo Dobbs is about to prove why, again, because of the connection he has with Jordan Love. Christian Watson is a fantastic guy. They've been dialing up deep balls to him. And, like, Love has looked great throwing the ball. Jaden Reed's going to be a great slot option. And then you got two tight ends that can just go vertical and speed past linebackers. Okay. okay. My thing is, though, in terms of number twos, Romeo Dobbs is considered a number two, but he's probably it's one A and one B in Green Bay for Dobbs and Watson because of what those two can do. Okay, well, I, I like Watson. I do like Watson, but I need to see him catch more. It, I, I need to see him. Yes, <laughs> like like he drops and some I, passes and I here understand. And there. Which is why wise, production wise, that's what's going to matter at the end of the day. And I think that Green Bay is going to have better wide receivers than um, Chicago and probably Detroit. Okay. Okay. Yes. Clump those three together. It's not crazy different between one, two, and three, for, or two, three, and four, then. 
right? I mean, I think we're all on the same the Vi- page. The Vikings, the Vikings have one. the best it's, receiving core in the NFC North. Top ten in the league. <laughs> Their third best wide receiver is is could could be playing as a. I'm not two. sold on KJ. Really, I'm not. I, too he, streaky. Well, he's streaky because he's never been like a two guy, and now this year they're thinking he still might not be a two guy because they brought Addison in. Yeah, and but the truth is, like he could go in his two because a lot of times we're gonna have three three sets, right? And three my, wide receiver sets. My and thing is this: be in. Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are two examples of wide receivers being able to take to the NFL right away. Otherwise, like Chris Olave last year, got to develop. He had to develop because had he, to develop. He, he wasn't like Garrett great. Wilson. He had a decent year. Garrett Wilson was offensive rookie of the year. Don't get me wrong, but was it I great? think he's going to take it off this year. Yeah. But like, either way, with the Vikings number three, T.J. Hawkinson could be a two guy anywhere. T.J. Hawkinson is is a fantastic tight end. Hey, hey we're, he is. We're, we're not disagreeing that the Vikings. I don't. Have the best. <laughs> I don't think. I'm well, just. I'm not. not as I'm not, he's not sold. Saying that they're one Are on they, the Vikings. I'm not. I don't think that they're not the one. I just think that in terms of receivers, like the NFC North is actually probably deeper than most people would think because you think about it, DJ Moore, who has been a guy that's been kind of buried in a Carolina Panthers team that's been on the fringes of kind of being competitive, but they haven't really been able to put it together. Um, His running mate, Curtis Samuel, then got traded to Washington. So like, you know, he was kind of on his own. Now he's going to a team where they have Chase Claypool, who reminds me a lot of Carl Anthony Towns, where you expect big things and then you just get let down. Um, and then a guy like Darnell Mooney, too, in a newer system with a quarterback that's out to prove something this year. The pan- the Bears have given Cole fields. Komet tight end-wise gets a lot of production there, too. Oh, and so I, like that's where- I love Komet. Like, he's, he's a great tight end for Chicago, but I also think, like, it's a lot closer than what I think a lot of people are making it out. And I think partially because of a top three wide receiver in Justin Jefferson, I can't put him at one. I'm sorry. It's Devontae Adams. I can't. Who's two then? Um, it's split Chase. between. It's split Jamarcus between. Uh, I wouldn't even go Chase. I was so thinking more. Works. No, he's barely in my top 10. Um, I wouldn't want to be his top 10. <laughs> you don't want to know my top 10. It's not, um, it doesn't sound like it. For it's me, it's between <laughs> For me, it's between Tyreek Hill and um, Justin Jefferson. But Tyreek Hill also has to be healthy. Well, so we'll Jefferson's get to, we'll too get for to me. Tyreek Hill later, yes. so just hold um, your shorts. Tyreek. Dang, yeah. that's tough over Stefan Diggs. Nah. Yes. That's tough. No yes. way. That is tough. Yes. I mean, it's it, it's a valid comparison, but man, that's tough. Okay, yes. both of these wide receivers aren't in the NFC North. Are we good with the NFC North? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Vikings. Stefan's take on the NFC North. Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears. In the order that it has. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Did I really just go one through four? <laughs> so I, I, I'm going to go with the same order. <laughs> but I also think it's a l- really, really close, and I'm also uh, just really take excited to guys. Just go for see. the professionals. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You're good. It's just the standings on how they finished last year. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, that, we aren't at the standings. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that's what that's what the order is. I'm just. Yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was going off that order anyway. I was going to say the Vikings <laughs> number one is either going to be the Lions or the Packers, but I was probably going to go with the Lions just because they have um, they actually have a solidified number one receiver. And uh, I'm on Ross yeah, St. Brown. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then go with the Packers just because it's a new quarterback in the system. Not really new, Look, but Romeo Dobbs. Moss, Jair Alexander. Hey, hey, in practice. Look, look. I and you're sleeping yeah. on Romeo Dobbs. Hey, look. I'm hey, not. Sleeping. You're the one that okay, said look, too that this division is good wide receiver. I'm not saying it's not good. 
I have the Detroit Lions at four, and I think two, three, game. or four are a lot Let closer than people think. In game. All right. In game. All right. Two, three, four are close. And then change my mind. All right. Yeah, let's yeah. go play it's Madden just, right it's, now. It's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I did I'll get show a, you. I did get a couch in my office. <laughs> yeah, and we'll get. Well, we got to get that TV there. No, I got to get. It. <laughs> um, all right, so good NFC North talk. Uh, NFC South. New Orleans has got Chris Olave. I put question mark next to Michael Thomas because he's when healthy. is he healthy? No, I know he's healthy now, but let's just hold off. They Wait still, till week I, one. I, I, I don't Ju- care. They still have the best receiving core. <laughs> the in Juwan that Johnson. Juwan Johnson mm-hmm. at tight end. Uh, Atlanta, that are Atlanta's got Drake London, Matt Collins, Scott Miller from Tampa Bay, and then Kyle Pitts. Um, Carolina, Adam Thielen, DJ Char- GJ Shark, Hayden Hurst, Jonathan Mingo, rookie from Ole Miss. Let's go. Um, actually could make a difference in Carolina there. And then Tampa Bay has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, and then Cade Otten. Made an impact a little bit last year, but that, that was also with Tom. Brady. They, they let's also let's also talk about this. You have more I mean, receiving uh, options in the NFC South than you did for the North because there are more relevant that have had better experience. More and better relevant. Better. Okay, whatever. We're done with the NFC North. Um, okay, Buccaneers have the best. Yeah, core. I feel like the Buccaneers would have the best. Um, I'm really excited by what the Falcons have because you also add in Bijan Rob Robinson in the passing game too, being able to swing it out thinking, to him, uh, like and Cordero Patterson. Um, yeah, but Cordell Patterson's old now. He's getting, yeah. he, he, he still, he still has that fire, but man, is he getting up there in age? Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Like, and we talked about him during running back weeks. So that's mm-hmm. why I didn't put him on there. But yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he, he is your alternative. He can do both. He's a switch. Right? Right? So he yeah. also does like punt and kick returns as well. So, so I'm going to put it this way then Panthers four, saints, three Buccaneers, two Falcons, one. I'm really high on the Falcons, just kind of like I am with also, the Kamara Lions. Also, Kamara is ha- going to have a suspension likely, too, Alvin Kamara. You hear what do you do? That? Was it the domestic violence stuff? It, that or? happened on an elevator. He met with okay. like Goodell yeah. yesterday, and I was like, I literally put in my calendar, like, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't come out with news about what happened. They said likely to get suspension. So I don't know how many suspension days that is, but that's going to affect a little bit <laughs> what's going on in New Orleans, depending on how many games he's out, too. Um, because I think we we're all talking say, about receiving core, though, right? Right, but you were talking about switch army knife, Cordell Paris, Patterson. Yeah. Obviously, like Kamara comes out of the backfield a lot, so I just yeah, yeah, I threw that he, into this. He, he does, but like I, I'm not putting him there. For, for me, he's still at running back. Like, yes, he's a running back that can catch, but he's in that Dalvin Cook, right, uh, category, but not in like a Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry type running back. I, I, I mean, he's. He's I can put him in that conversation, but he, okay. he 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 can just catch more. And and yeah. we're talking about re- he's a receiving yeah, yeah, yeah. he's receiving back, right? Yeah. If we're, if we're looking at Shaquan, he's not going to be like getting as many passes as he's as correct. Current, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this division's crazy though. With like I think there's more. well the mix up that's happened in the off season. You know, it, it, like Carolina with I'm, DJ Shark, Hayden Hurst. Adam Thielen and then drafting Jonathan Mingo. See, like see, that's I, a good I think, group. I think the Panthers <laughs> I think I forgot that Adam Thielen was on the Panthers that he left. Well, that they let him go on the Vikings yeah. and, and he did that. But like it's just crazy. Kinda, yeah. So they they might actually have a good squat this year for of receiving core, especially with their new rookie quarterback. Yeah. They they, they could actually make some some uh decent impact there in, in Carolina. I think it's a lot closer than people think. Jake Jake, and what do you think for wide receivers? In, Panther, in that division. Panthers four, Saints three, Buccaneers two, Falcons one. 
Yeah, like I said, like three minutes ago. <laughs> oh, I was you, looking you did, for Alvin. Did you say yours, Steph? Did you say? Like um, no, I didn't say mine. Oh, yet, that's but okay. I, I said Sorry. bucks. I'm doing bucks at one. Um, bucks at one. Then I'm thinking about it. I might have to put Panthers at two, Saints at three, and then Falcons at four. I'm just not sold on the Falcons yet. I yeah. So I, when I look I just, at this, when I look at this, I'm, I've got to look at at quarterbacks as part of this whole thing because because we talk about production. This is a wide receiver production room too. That's why I have Saints at one. I have Saints at one because they got Carr there, Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Juwan Johnson is a good tight end. I just think they they have a quarterback that can get that done there, especially if Kamara's out. Like I moved them to one basically yesterday, thinking if Kamara's out a couple games, you're gonna be passing the rock a lot. Um, Atlanta, I have as two because I I've, I've been talking about <laughs> them basically this entire um, series that we've had here with the the preseason stuff. Drake London, I love Matt Collins coming in. Scott Miller has some good quarterback experience or they've they worked with some great quarterbacks obviously yep. with t- tom brady and matt hollins had worked with uh Derek carr which is interesting mm-hmm. because now that now they're kind of knows what he's going to be doing in new teams. orleans so yep. um some good takes there kyle pitts has to have a good year this year if not I, we, we can never talk about Fan- it fantasy out the side like i think kyle pitts just look at the qb carousel that he's season. had yeah he's due for a good season <laughs> Um, and hopefully and he gets that he, quarterback that's there from start to finish this yes. year as well. That way he's not um, dealing with a different guy pretty much every week. But Three, I'm putting uh, it, it's the a toss-up between Carolina and Tampa Bay because at the end of the day, Tampa Bay has maybe the best quality receivers, but as far as what they they're going to the get production-wise, they don't core. have... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we talk about production of what those receivers are going to get, like maybe Carolina is going to get more because Baker Mayfield is throwing to these guys in Tampa. Hey, and these guys no, get injured in Tampa. I, we know I, that too. I, I totally get that. But at the end of the day, like this is probably one of the best receiving cores that Baker Mayfield has had ever, ever, it, it, like ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Besides so, in college, so, he probably had so a good right now. They're That's even two right now. Boomer. If, you, if you look at it, we even put them Sooner. really low for like their running backs. Right. Yeah. So I don't feel like they're going to get a lot of production in the running game as much as they're going to get in the passing game, Yeah, especially with all the weapons that Tampa has. Plus, Mike Evans has had how many 1,000-yard seasons with or without Tom Brady? Like he's had James Winston. You can throw it up, and that's the beauty of Mike Evans. I I, I don't see him slowing down this year for it. Chris Chris Godwin has been a phenomenal two who, if he goes to a different team, he can be a a a one. Yeah, Carolina um, and Tampa have got to be close, though. I mean, it's a division that I think is really tough to kind of even separate many of these teams because of how yeah. much quality they each have. But I, I love, I love Tampa and that they still have a good receiving core. It's just on Baker Mayfield now. You got to make throws, and maybe he'll be able to. Yeah, if they, if he surprises, hey, that he, could be he, the biggest surprise of the game. year. If he won a game. He won a game on that lot. The, the <laughs> Los Angeles Rams at the end of the season, two he minutes came, left, came in. with no Cooper Cup. Yeah, made, made big he plays. Can make throws. The guy's a big time. He he can play when he, he needs. Can, to, yeah, like when he's you know asked to. And it's not like he he wasn't great in college either. Like yeah. he had good receivers in college, no, and, and he could make plays. He's got some skills and talents yeah. for sure. So I just got to find it. Right system, right place. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all that matters. So this one next year one is, deal. is the order that I have have it in. Um, so the NFC East um, for Philly, you've got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Godair, and Goddard. Goddard, Goddard, thank you. Um, and then shout out to uh, Devin Allen, 110-meter hurdler, <laughs> who is on the team. We'll as see well. if he can stay healthy. And, and if he can, yeah, if he can stay healthy and kind of um, 
you know, really will make the final roster at the end of the day, but I think he'd be yep. kind of fun to watch. Um, Dallas, CD Lamb, Brandon Cooks is there, Michael Gallup. What? Heck of a, yes. When did that happen? I just, Over the summer? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> um, Washington, Terry McLaur- uh, McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, who both get great uh, numbers, great production there in Washington. And then New York Giants I'm putting last with Darren Waller. Um, and Daniel Bellinger. So I put two tight ends as their uh, Jalen Hyatt <laughs> receivers. <laughs> yeah. Top receivers. Yeah. Jalen Hyatt. And that's great. And that's great. But I'm just saying, you know, for guys that, that you can really be looking at getting lots of good production. So at the end of the day, um, yeah, Philly, Dallas, Washington, New York Giants. And I think Philly and Dallas are, are the cream of the crop. That's, for that's sure the same order for me. I, I would have to agree with that. Same order for myself as well. Big fan of scary Terry McLaurin. Um, I, Jahan. Love the, I love the receivers there. They just need to, and their defense is obviously incredible. Mm-hmm. They just need to fix up some other stuff and they could be really relevant. Get a quarterback. Yeah, we'll see how he does <laughs> this year. <laughs> um, I think Philly far and away probably has the best like players around their quarterback with the offensive line, the receiving core. They and have then, the best team in that division. Yeah. Um, by far, oh, I, I want to say by they, far. It, it really depends on this, how Dak plays this year. Yep, this, that's the going to be that's going to be the difference. How the Dak NFC plays. until they're kind of knocked. We're going to start out, a right? Dak interceptions tracker each episode because because what we say we if he has less than ten, they have a good year. That's what we yep. said, right? Yep. Okay. And that's his goal is to that have is less, less than, than 10, 10, right? <laughs> so if he has more than ten, I'm sorry, Dallas fans, but um, you're not going far in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Turnovers or like interceptions, like if he fumbles or. Just, just interceptions. Interceptions. Okay. So he could have thirty fumbles and it's a good year for him, but fair enough. <laughs> you get hit starting way, man. Sometimes hey. you just gotta <laughs> I like it. I like it. There's always <laughs> one play in my head besides like it being a core childhood memory, but there it was the twenty sixteen divisional game, Green Bay and Dallas, and Jeff Heath comes on a safety blitz. Aaron Rodgers just has the ball on the one hand. I still don't know to his day how he I didn't fumble. It. He didn't fall like he got sacked, hit from behind, like how you hang on to the ball when it's in your one one hand hand. yeah he probably knew that he he probably felt it coming i don't think he did watching it dude but he didn't tuck it all even if you know that though it's still like it's not a guarantee that you're gonna no even if your hands are great you're you're not wrong you're not wrong but like if you can feel a presence even at the last second if you can just feel it then you can just tense up a little bit and try to figure out what you need to do more so I don't think like I'd have to watch it again, but it he was like mid like going back to throw like he might have had the grip. We're gonna make but... a presence on YouTube at some point so we can throw a play on on there to watch it. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get there. <laughs> AFC, we're moving to the AFC. Um, we're starting AFC West. So uh, Chargers got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, uh, Joshua Palmer, and Gerald Everett. Um, Las Vegas, Devontae uh, Adams, Jacoby Myers from New England, Hunter Renfro, um, DeAndre Carter from the Chargers from last year. He made a pretty good impact there. Austin Hooper is there, and then Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Okay. I'm not going to lie. This is probably the toughest receiving division to look at in the AFC. Well, besides Chiefs are Kansas four. City, they, they're four. Uh, no, no, I, I Tony. totally agree. Yeah. But, but, but see, we say they're four. Yeah, yeah. But the way the, that it's going to turn out the at the end of the year, Super Bowl right, the, the way that it's going to turn out at the end of the year, they're going to be a bunch of no-name receivers. They're going to be getting numbers. And, that, and, they're gonna, and, and it's going to so add up. And they're they're, they're, they're going to have the best <laughs> receiving. They will have one of the best receiving cores just because of Pat Mahomes. It's um, a, 
Who is on the Wait, Broncos? Kadarius. So for Kansas City, Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, Sky Moore, who should have a better year this year, but like he was a guy last year that came in as a rookie, mm-hmm. like Western Michigan, supposed to do awesome, and he's got some great is, speed. Isn't isn't it uh, uh, Valdez your guy? MBS. Yeah, you love MVS. Um, <laughs> right. And then uh, MVS. Travis. But, yeah, uh, yeah. We can't. We can't not say Travis Kelsey. Have to <laughs> say and, Travis and Kelsey. Crawford. So that's why. That, that's what I'm saying. We we say they're going to be last in that division, but they are not going to be so, last in that division. Uh, then we got Denver, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Mims Jr. is there, and then Greg Dolchich, who last year um, did pretty good. The Broncos are four spot was, for tight end, but yes, they are not four. I do. Who's your four? Broncos are four. Casey's oh, three. Vegas tough. is two, and I've got the Chargers at one. My guy. If, if, if if we're going based off like the actual players, not the quarterback, we're not. Disregard the quarterback for right but now. But you can't when Disregard, we have the production I, I get it. talk. Right? Disregard the quarterback at the moment, right? For this, just this division. This is the only one that it matters, <laughs> right? So drop the quarterback. Until the next <laughs> Four will be Chiefs if we drop the quarterbacks. Four will be Chiefs. With the quarterback, four, <laughs> Chiefs are not four. They're up to three. They're, they're not up to three. They're up to like two. <laughs> they Hey, you're, you're, saw, they, won, mean, they won a Super Bowl last year. Who'd they have? They had I mean, Juju. They had... Mahomes. Kadarius, Tony, Travis Kelsey, Mahomes, Marquez Valdez, Scanling, Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, they, they yeah. did lose. But they lost Juju. Juju, yeah. right. They lost Juju, and, and they replaced him. And but this okay. is what was said with last two, year going two. into the with season two. was, you know, hey, they lost too many. They lost uh, Tyree Kill. And Juju they're was not hurt gonna, for a good portion win. of the year last year as well because he had a bunch of concussions. Sky yeah, Moore will be the biggest change this year for the Kansas City Who did the Chiefs replace Juju with? Well, Sky Moore. Basically, he was already on the team, but but he's going to be asked to do. He's going to be asked to do did. juju I, I, things. I'm just saying, with Pat Sky Moore is going to be asked to do juju. <laughs> That's going on a t-shirt. With, I'm, all I'm saying is with Pat Mahomes like at things, quarterback, comments. with Patrick Mahomes uh-huh. at quarterback. Yep, the receiver does not matter. It's just like Aaron Rodgers. I'm with aware. Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. The receiver does not matter. Yeah, it's the quarterback. And there's only a few quarterbacks that you could say this about. Yeah. That's but, what, that, this but, is why this is why I am saying that with the quarterback they are not the last team in that division. So we're, without right. the quarterback they are. If they have any other quarterback in the NFL other than Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, they might be last. Well, in Lamar that Jackson, even with Lamar Jackson, because you have to be put in the right system. Chiefs are four. <laughs> have to all that. Broncos are three. Raiders are two. Chargers are one. Because top to bottom, there is so much more talent. Yes, I am not. I am not saying that Patrick Mahomes does not make no, his team better that, well, because well, he does. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Without the quarterback, that's what I'm saying. This yeah. is the only division. Yeah, if we were saying without the quarterbacks. Sure. This sure. is this is how. So, it what is your order based on production? With or without with, the quarterback? With the quarterback they have. With the quarterback that they have, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm putting Chiefs at two. I hope to have the Raiders at one, Chargers at three. Broncos are probably at four, but the Broncos have a really good team. And if if <laughs> Russell Wilson can step up, so basically the Chargers were putting at one, but could be four. The va- the <laughs> the Raiders were putting at two, or in my order, putting them at two, but they could be at four. <laughs> everybody could be at one or four. Roll a die. That's everybody. why it's so hard in this division. <laughs> there's because some, it there's is some good. But my options. my thing is this, like. You take even Travis Kelsey out of that offense for Kansas City. Where where does the offense go? They decline. They do decline because they don't have Travis Kelsey. He is their number one receiver on that team. 
And and Pat if you Mahomes take, will do it with his legs, or they'll get somebody out of the backfield to dish it to. We know that Pacheco Pacheco will be more like he, he was already you, number one receiver when Tyreek Hill was on the team. So then my other thing is, right, all right, you take right. exactly that's why you know they don't have more than Kelsey. Then really, that's when what, it comes that's to, what I'm saying. That's they're still so Kelsey so versus Devonte Adams, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, DeAndre Carter, Austin Hoover, Michael Mayer for Vegas. <laughs> it's it's Travis Kelsey versus Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, Joshua Palmer, Gerald Everett for the Chargers. If you take Jerry Judy out of that <laughs> offense in Denver, Courtland where do they Sutton. go? Where you take uh, no, Devonte you're, Adams you're not, out of the offense? You're, you're, like, you're, you're not wrong. Yes, you're not wrong. But production even if, wise, even for Denver, you take Sutton out, right? It's Re- so it's so <laughs> that'd be good to know receiving <laughs> like, wise. What where were where were those teams last year on receiving yards? Yards receiving. Like, like that would be overall. interesting to look at like the the Chargers, the the Raiders, the Chiefs and the Broncos. Like because obviously Broncos would be at the back last year for receiving yards. But the I'm, Chargers without Keenan Allen were still like they played putting without receiving yes. yards in. And in Vegas now this year too and again Derek Carr's obviously better than Garoppolo there yes. but Garoppolo's efficient enough to be able to do Mhm. And yeah. Garoppolo with um, Devontae Adams would be something to really watch because Garoppolo hasn't really played with a receiver like Devontae Adams. Yeah, he had Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, but those two were still kind of going but through development. But when he was a backup in New England, like Brady never had, besides the year he had Randy Moss, like never had receivers that were he had like Chris crazy. Hogan, Danny Amendola, and Julian Edelman. And, and that Edelman was probably and Amendola the, were great, but they were Gronk. made through Brady a lot. Yes. And, right? I mean, it's, and so it, it's, it is going to be fun to see him there, but yeah. So I got Chargers one, Vegas two, Chiefs three, Denver four. I I put Denver over the Chiefs, but that's also because like like in in all honesty, Travis Kelsey and the things that he does in the passing game is disgusting. Is disgusting. Same thing with Patrick Mahomes. They both make that they have team such go a good connection, and yeah. they have a great connection. My thing is, you take even one of those guys out and like it falters and, and Mahomes they just, did show signs the, last year that you know he's human too like mm-hmm. he got injured a couple times now he was able to finish games and finish the season and take him to the Super Bowl yeah but like that's something this year they'll be interesting to watch too can is Mahomes going to be healthy the whole season is too? he going to have to change his game to the point where he has to stay more in the pocket yeah which I guess would help his receiving core. But. I don't know. I think they're just going to let him do what he does because even if he's out of the pocket, he's still slinging it down the field and he's going to yeah. find a receiver he, open. He, but you're I, more I, 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 Brett Favre-like, yeah. you know, underarms, but he's, sidearms. he's still more accurate than Brett Favre. He can, throw the deep ball. Brett. he can throw the deep ball really well. Like, he's good. He but puts I, more arc on it. With him, Favre with him, just with, with, <laughs> he did. But with, <laughs> but with him Gunslinger. being able to move in the pocket, that helps his receivers get open, and that's the only thing is because if he moves in the pocket, then that means that yeah, the, he's the got cornerbacks it. are scrambling, the the corners are scrambling, the the safeties are scrambling now. They're not going to they have, have him become an in pocket quarterback. They're, they're not. It, he's they just going to be do doing that. what he's been doing, even if he's you know, and he's, he's, an, he's an anomaly. He's, yeah. Yes. <laughs> what, what's your what's your, do, do, you said do, your do, order do, do, already? Um, yeah, he put the Chiefs at two. He put the Raiders at one, Chargers at three, three and Broncos at four. four. And it's okay. it, it is a close one too. Like it, it really depends on how Russell Wilson plays this year. There's a lot of that relies for like receiving cores to do well. Obviously, your quarterback has to be, you know, Fantastic. competent in the system Good. and yeah. all that. <laughs> yeah. Um, AFC North. We got Cincinnati, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Irv Smith Jr. from the Vikings, who I think is going to make an impact in Cincinnati. Um, <laughs> I don't even think we need to go down the list of receivers in this division. I just, it's going to go, it's, Bengals is number one. Yep. Ravens is number two. Yep. Uh, 
Ravens don't even. Two. Don't even. Don't either. even. If you're gonna it. say it either of the either. Browns or the Steelers, you're lying to me. <laughs> it's probably either gonna be Browns or the Steelers at three and four. And, and you can. Probably, I'm putting Browns at three because Amari, Amari do, Cooper. He's he is on the team, so yes, uh, Browns and then Steelers. So okay, I got Cincinnati at one. I mean, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, Donovan Peoples Jones, Cedric Tillman from Tennessee, and then David Njoku. That's a pretty good receiving core in Cleveland. I'm gonna take that as two. And then I'm going to put Baltimore at three because they've got Rashad Bateman, who's injury-prone all the time, Odell Beckham, and Zay Flowers. Um, Mark, I, Mark Andrews. I still Isaiah like that likely. better than Cleveland. Um, and then four, we have Deontay Johnson in Pittsburgh. We've got George Pickens, Allen Robertson, the second from the Rams, who we all know was absolutely flat last year um, with Cooper Cup gone. And then Pratt Fryermuth, I think Pittsburgh's four. It's a good mix of receiving cores. Cincinnati's still high and above best well, might be, that might be the best receiving core in the league, in the league. and um but I think for Cleveland's me a lot better than people think they are with their receiving core they are they don't and, have and the quarterback they also have a quarterback that's supposed to be like supposed to be <laughs> like all i'm saying is hey, that we, we say this every year hey, they gave a lot to this guy five they gave five, a lot to Deshaun. five or six games last year Look, yeah and he and he didn't play as good and i Mm-mm. hope that he can get his rhythm back because before the before all the allegations group, before all the anyway. allegations and the injuries like deshaun watson was a great quarterback at at in, in the texans yeah like, Dude, they're giving him weapons, though. They're giving him weapons there. I mean, Elijah Moore, Donovan, People Jones last year stepped up there. You should, of all people, should be. No, I I, I love Cedric Tillman from Tennessee. You liked him, too. He's going to be a rookie this year. I do. Go Blue! (laughs) Donovan, People Jones. Yeah, go Blue. Yeah. Uh, But no, I I have to see it this year because we didn't see anything with uh, the the little bit that we had with Deshaun Watson last year. Yep. And I hope it's a lot different this year. But then again, we never know because he did play in some preseason games last year before the season started, yeah. right? And he didn't play good. So even if he had all of that and then practiced through the whole season with the teams, he might have he might have might not have had, you know, reps as as number one QB because he was on suspension, but he still probably got a lot of reps in as, mm. as a quarterback in practice. Baltimore right? could I mean, Baltimore could rival Cincinnati for their weapons this year, too. And then I know that... But, uh, but yeah. you just had Baltimore at three. I have Baltimore at three, yeah. But I'm saying that but if, if they click, it, they could because Zay Flowers is a rookie. Then, then you, I would at least put them at two over the Cleveland Browns. You have Cleveland Browns at one. It's right? going to be close. Oh, no, at two, at two. Yeah, it's going to be close good. between Cleveland and Baltimore. But I think Rashad Bateman, he's just injured all the time. If he can be healthy, Baltimore moves up to two easy for me. I, I just, Rashad Bateman's, I, oh, like, he was injured. He, like, I, I just, I'm so curious on how well this, or how this Baltimore offense is going to play. Because Odell hasn't had a quarterback like Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and Eli Manning, he had whoever like, you know a Baker lot of Mayfield a lot of Cleveland, a lot of uh, Matthew Stafford NFL pundits like, are saying <laughs> he that he's Jackson. not going to make a comeback this year. I and my this if is, he doesn't, I think that means because the other receivers in Baltimore are killing it. No, but but well, look at it. If we look at every other injury that that uh, Odell Beckham has had, every injury they said he's not going to come back the same person. But right. who does he come back? He comes back the same person. Unfortunately, right. he gets injured again because he's an injury prone person and he's older yeah, and he's older this um, year he he is so. older but the thing is i feel like he's going to be more open this year yeah. and, this, and this is how i say this this is why um 
Patrick Mahomes is so good because he can get out of the pocket and he can get his receivers open because at the end of the day, there's going to be scrambling that's going to happen in the back, you know, on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that's going to happen with the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson's going to get out and scramble. Odell Beckham is probably one of the best receivers that he's ever had on that team. And this team actually has a receiving core now, right? They right. never had a receiving core, really. They had a couple guys, maybe one or two guys at a time, but now they have a receiving core, which he... he Baltimore is going to be fun. <laughs> Look, here, here's my, I'm so excited. Here's <laughs> my thing. I that looked whole at, division is going to be better. It, it's going to be better, and yeah. Cleveland are going to be better than last year. Too. I'm looking at like top stories with like the Ravens and um, OBJ and stuff, and they're talking about how the red zone offense right now and red zone drills and stuff is excelling with OBJ and Zay Flowers in there. So that for me is going to be huge. That that for me is like, all right, well, they're obviously going to be better than How what they were last year. How much is smoke and mirrors though that always comes out? It of could stuff be like because you know you're I mean? playing you're playing one v one padded, not padded. Like you know, it's drills I feel like and walkthroughs. Junior is almost more effective when you're not in the red zone too. Like he because he's a deep with threat. his movement though, his route running like. Before Devontae Adams really took off with route running, like the routes that OBJ was running was ridiculous. And his but, hands. And his hands, too. Like but a healthy can, Lamar Jackson just makes that wide receiving course so much more in, in, yes. intriguing. Um, They're going to be so fun to watch. I'm, I'm really pumped for the Ravens this Call me year. what you He's, want. Call me names. <laughs> I'm moving them to two ahead of Cleveland. There we go. <laughs> That's smart. But That's you know a good I, business decision. Like, I, you know, obviously, before today, I wasn't talking about it with anybody. <laughs> to, to actually converse about it, this has been good. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie, man. If something happens in Cincinnati at all, Baltimore could be the one. They could be the receiving card because that group they looks could be. And, scary. And, 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 as we saw earlier, that happened like a week ago, right? Is that we saw, unfortunately, Joe Burrow go out with what a, a it was a, like a, a calf strain, injury, a like strain a calf strain, or something, yeah. right? Yeah. So like. We don't know how much that's going to happen throughout the year. We don't know how healthy the receivers are going to be throughout the year, and that can go for any team. So I'm I'm just really excited for the NFL. Baltimore's in deeper than Cincinnati on receiving, though. They're just they're deeper. I mean, they have six or seven guys, whereas Cincinnati has four. You know, like it's yeah, but it, they're four different. guys. They're four guys is is top two receivers on any team. I know, but can like Mark and like it, tight end wise, like so Mark Cincinnati, Andrews is freaking good. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like Cincinnati's Irv Smith Jr. like is nowhere near Mark Andrews or Isaiah Likely. Like he's the guy that's making the crazy plays in camp and doing like like he's the guy that they think is going to be the next incredible tight end. So that's going to be fun. Let's move the AFC South. Uh, <laughs> we got Jacksonville has uh, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram. Uh, Tennessee DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, uh, Chigozium. Aconquo, who was like apparently last year he was really productive when it came I to gave that, I give that a 9 out of 10 on the uh, pronunciation. Aconquo. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Um, <laughs> it's better than what, uh, what I was guessing. So, um, Indianapolis, Michael Pittman Jr., Alec Pierce, Josh Downs, uh, Isaiah McKenzie from the Bills, and then uh, Jelano Woods. Uh, Houston's got Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John uh, Mechie the third, and then Dalton Schultz at tight end. Shout out to a uh, John Mechie for uh, beating cancer, getting back into it this year. Big, uh, big claps to that guy. Go get it, man! All right, Texas is at killing four. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Are we all in agreement on Houston being four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> right we just have a shout out. We have a touching moment for John Mechie, and they're like, "Yeah, they're last." At one and just ended with this. Texas is four. Um, Colts three. Colts is three. Titans yeah. two. Jaguars one. Wow, we all good agreed. job, guys. Dude, have you all seen agreed. Calvin Ridley? Ridley is ridiculous. Oh he gosh. is on a he's mission. on a mission because he had he wasn't able to play last year. Yeah, dude, he, could he, he be in a better spot? This is why if Stefan goes anywhere, go to Jacksonville. I'm telling you right now, that is a team that is going to be so much fun to watch. I mean, this the, year. the only team that really they really have to compete against is the Titans now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and who knows what's going to be going on in Indian Houston by the time the year's getting close to over, you know, like with quarterback situations there. Well, and let's say Jonathan Taylor doesn't play at all. Does that, that obviously changes that hinders a, lot, a lot that what that hinders a lot. And honestly, I think that the way that going back to the Jonathan Taylor situation, I said the usage of him is probably going to go down just because of, uh, Anthony Richardson he, he, and what he, he can he, do and what he can do his, his production. And, and that's probably another reason why Jonathan Taylor wants to trade is because he, he sees that his production is going to go down. I'm not saying this yep, is yep, the reason I'm going. just saying this is a possible reason. There's multiple reasons that play it, play intact and everything, but I'm just saying like, he knows that his usage is going to go down. I'm not saying that he doesn't want to play with him because right. he might want to play with Richardson. He might I just think <laughs> you think about it though. Like, he hasn't had a solid quarterback to play with. Nope. And that receiving core is a lot better, I feel like, than what um, people might be thinking. I know we have him third on there on our list. But I think for Taylor to go in and play with that, like Taylor, even when he was at Wisconsin, eight-man boxes. And like teams now with Indy, they're probably playing seven, eight-man boxes too. You could spread them out because now you got to think like, all right, Richardson can get outside. He has a cannon for an arm. Plus, like, Alec Pierce and um, Josh Downs have been impressing in camp and stuff like that, too, and Richardson's I mean, getting Isaiah a connection McKenzie with them. McKenzie's going to add a bit from, McKenzie's from Buffalo. Gonna, yeah. yeah. So He's really for good, me, too. They, he, he's been great. So. They have pieces that, like, you can spread the field out. That just opens up running lanes for Jonathan Taylor. Why wouldn't you, as a back, want to play in that? I just think there's more there's to it be than just... There's going to be more blocking, I think, for Taylor than he yeah. maybe They have one of do. the better offensive lines. We'll get to that next week. But I'm, I'm very curious what happens with this whole situation. Now the Colts have a bad taste in their mouth, both Jonathan Taylor and the Colts organization. They just whole. they look gross in the media. You know what I mean? Like You don't want to go into a season with just crap buzzing it, around. It, it, honestly, your, if, 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 I'm the, if I'm the owner of that franchise, I wouldn't have said anything to the media. I no. would have just kept my mouth shut. But it's Jim Mercy. It, it is, and he's going to do what he wants to do because it's like Jerry team, Jones. Right? He's going to talk. Yeah, he's going to talk. Media. So, um, so that that's the thing. I, I feel like if he didn't bring it to the media and he would have brought it to probably Jonathan Taylor, you know, personally, I, yeah. think, I, think, I think the taste that's in their mouths right now will be a lot different. Yeah, I, I feel I like, say. too, yep. just saying, like, if myself and Jonathan Taylor were gone, nobody would care. Like, that just, like, on the list of things that needs to be said, too, like, you don't have to go there and just say, like, oh, it's not going to matter if he's in the league or not. Like, like that just, to me, shows, like... I think like, any team would pick up Jonathan Taylor, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, There's a lot I of mean, teams I, that I kind of felt that way with Dalvin Cook, though, and, like... Hon- honestly, he hasn't signed yeah. yet. Hey, I wouldn't be mad if Jonathan Taylor went to Baltimore. So I, How I nasty like with it's, that it's hard to not think Cook's not going to sign with the Jets because he spent like a whole you know practice weekend mm-hmm. there. But I think he's probably hoping he gets more money than he's going to be able to get. Um, and and you know the same thing with Ezekiel. Oh, you know he's met with the Patriots now. Is it's like just do the deals, get them done. I get think, these guys. I, I think uh, I do think that um, the Jets are going to get uh, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll go there. I think Zeke will go to New England too, just because they're. You know, I mean. 
we're getting close to the start of the season. If you're going to play, you got to be doing it soon. Um, yeah, we're a month I, away. Tennessee, though, like Traylon Burks, DeAndre, it does, isn't the number one guy there now? That's a, that's a, Hopkins, good, that's yeah. a good top two that's guys to have. That Plus, they've got, you know, they've got the king at running back. Like, at the end of the day, you've got a really good, like, offense there for, for Tannehill or for Levis if Levis ends up coming in. Um, so I know they've been excited about that. Last division, guys. AFC East. What, what I'm you reading, I'm reading on the Jets thing, and apparently the Jets were mad that uh, Dalvin Cook's visit to New York has been leaked or was leaked three days in advance or whatever with Cook making appearances on Good Morning Football and the Dan Patrick Show. And now it sounds like the Jets are just kind of like waiting, and um, Miami has offered Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin sees that as a perfect fit. He does see that. So he's playing. That's where he wanted so to go. they're that, they're that, playing. That, that. He wanted to go to Miami. He's a Miami uh, native, uh, so it so. makes sense. But it's also just like go watch his Florida State team, who, when we talk about college football at some point, should be in the conversation for college football playoff hey, this year. Which is crazy because I was just looking on Instagram the other day. <laughs> Jameis Jameis Winston's little brother just took a visit to Ooh, FSU. Interesting. I love these these little side tracks. these little side tracks. <laughs> okay, the, yeah. Um, uh, Speaking of sidetracks, if you like Mario Kart, this is a real sidetrack. Oh, yeah. Mario is on. Uh, Peacock. Peacock. That, was gonna be my shout out. that was going to be my shout out. He stole uh, it from me. I'm sorry. I'll give you another <laughs> no, one. Okay. I am re-downloading Peacock. Um, just do it for tonight. Yeah. AFC East. Last division. Um, here we go. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox at Buffalo. Tyreek Hill, uh, Jalen Waddell. At Miami, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, and Hunter Henry in New England. And then the Jets, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, and Tyler Conklin. Patriots at four. Yeah. Um, this this division is also really tough, but I'm going to have to put Bills at three. I'm going to put yep. Jets at two, Dolphins at one. Yes. I think the thing with me with the Bills is like behind – Stefan Diggs. There's, I mean, Dawson Knox is a great tight end, and but he he's played so a lot hit or year. miss. But what's tough is they don't have. We just talked about him going to Isaiah McKenzie's not there. So yeah. Gabe Davis, a guy that was really like hit or miss last year, mm-hmm. like he had a game that would be awesome, and then he was gone for three weeks. Yeah, Gabe Davis. And then the and next game Dawson he was like Knox okay, just, and then he was gone for three weeks. So here and there, Buffalo's like they got it. They got to have production somewhere. Yes. Who's going to be that second and third guy mm-hmm. there? If it's not Knox and it's not uh, Steph, Stephon Diggs, it's yep. going to be interesting. I actually think the receiving core got worse this year in Buffalo. Yes. So I think for me, they um, could be right. I mean, they're bottom two, bottom three. Yeah, for sure. I, I think they 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 could be worse than New England for wide receivers. I wouldn't go that far. Like, I I don't think that New England's going to have the production. Like that. Juju Smith is going to be able to get the ball more because he's somewhere that he can get the ball yeah. more. And was in this, like in Kansas City, like he was a great asset to them. But again, he was just an he asset. Was behind, he was yep. more of like you know, it's a it, it's wide receiver by committee in, mm-hmm. in Kansas City. Whereas in New England, Mac Jones still needs to get to him. And right? that's so my thing. You're right, too. but Mac Jones Pulling hasn't a, had great. He hasn't had it, Juju Smith Schuster might be his best wide receiver he's ever had. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. But like I, I like. Uh, Mac Jones a couple years ago. Devonte Parker's good, like there last from year my just, like was just like a fall off. You know, Devonte Parker's there too. Parker's been there for a couple of years. Like this oh, is his right. second this or third year. Third my point. thing with this is, you take the quarterback out at Buffalo. Do they get better? Do they get worse? I think like they probably get worse. They probably get worse. Same thing with like the Patriots. Like say Josh Allen is in New England over Mac Jones or something like that. Like you put Josh Allen or, you know, whoever in that situation. That team elevates. That team elevates. 
So for me, with you, and there's another (laughs) Belichick championship. (laughs) (laughs) So for me, like those two are probably towards the bottom. I think the reason why I don't have the Jets over the Dolphins is just because the Jets have seen a lot of turnover. Garrett Wilson, we have to see the Jets with Aaron Rodgers and and the roster that they have before I can say anything. I I, and like I'm putting them if we if we look at it, we have have two. We have Dolphins. We have Dolphins one. Dolphins one. Jets two. Jets two. Buffalo three. New England four. Yes. Okay. And if we look at it. Like they have Nathaniel Hackett back, so you could look at years past with Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett offenses. You know they had Devonte Adams. Now they have another seventeen and Garrett Wilson. Could look a lot the same. And if you add Delvin Cook, if they can get a deal done, then you have Delvin Cook. If they just are like, all right, yeah, whatever, it leaked. Aaron okay. Rodgers would love to have Delvin Cook. A hundred percent. But it's also like, what would they take is that Ezekiel team Elliott look at? too? Then. I mean, if, if, no. if, if, if no, no, no the reason why I say Dalvin Cook is because Dalvin Cook he's is a receiving back. He's, he's going to, you back. can he's still do like in his prime, but prime, like Cook yeah. isn't, he's leaps and bounds better than Elliot. Obviously mm-hmm. like right now, like Cook has an opportunity to be a top 10 running back wherever he goes this year as like production wise. Yep. He, so he was literally top 10 in things like Madden ratings and stuff like that too. And not to, that that to matters, know where but. he's, lo- but with the Miami, mm-hmm. You know, plug that you just did there. Like, obviously, he's he's kind of found his place. It sounds yep more than the potentially. Jets. There's no deals. The Dolphins have obviously offered. I'm sure there's an offer from the Jets that's not it's interesting. Public. They're in the same division now, so it's mm-hmm. going to become a thing when they play each other. Yep. If whatever one he ends up going to, yeah, for sure. So, it's going to be an added element. Sorry, I stole your shout, shout outs. That, that's okay, man. I haven't seen that movie yet. You haven't seen it yet? No. I haven't seen it yet either. I waited for oh, yeah, Peacock because we have it? Peacock. So with like a whole family at home tonight. Yep. Done household. Yep. We're throwing it on. I, <laughs> I watched it in theaters, but um, I'm going to watch it again. Yeah. Everybody wants to watch it again. So, Dad, we need, because I know you're going to make it this far in the podcast, we need to watch the new Transformers movie. Oh, because I watched Ray that. I watched, that I watched it. It was good. <laughs> it wasn't Is that bad. Your it, was it was good. Yes. We're doing movie shout outs today. Okay. It was a good. It was good. Guardians um, of the Galaxy three went on D- Disney Plus yesterday, really? um, so it, you can watch that on Disney Plus. Okay, Isn't that the first f bomb in like any Disney movie like ever? Isn't that movie? I no, probably not. Do you know how many Disney movies that are not PG or G that are on Disney Plus? You need facts. to check it out. That's facts. Yeah, but like they have like an uncensored. <laughs> but like. yeah, that's. <laughs> I thought I thought I had, heard, or maybe that was just in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, probably. It was Marvel, probably just maybe. Marvel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a sports-related shout-out though. Um, so with all the movie Fine, stuff going on, if you on, want to make it about I, sports, I, I, I have to. Katie Ledecky passes Michael Phelps with record 16th gold at the World Championships. That's pretty dang incredible. Katie Ledecky, congrats, girl. Keep rocking it, Team USA, baby. Um, she did that at the World Championships, so pretty exciting there. Congratulations. Um, um well. I I think I'm gonna go refresh the vocal cords and shout out to the the US uh, the US baseball team the 12 and under um, they beat 43 you, runs hey, 43 to one oh my gosh I remember you sending that <laughs> so, shout, shout out to them yeah. <laughs> like, you like what how there's got to be some mercy rule in the situation like that what are we doing conference realignment what are we doing. The no mercy run rule. What are we doing? <laughs> I I don't even have a Shelly Otani sh- still on the Angels. What are we doing? I don't, I don't have a shout uh, out to be hey, honest. Everybody, <laughs> cheer loud for your teams. Cheer proud. Let's get this women's national team to to get deeper into this uh, 
knockout stage and uh, we'll see you next time.